This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, uh, not last week, but this week, not only mm. is this episode a week late, but we're breaking from our usual creep to turn back the dial to that Laserdisc format as we talk about giant monster gorillas and spine number two in the Laserdisc Criterion Collection, Miriam Seam Cooper and Ernest Shodashak's King Kong from 1933 plus King Kong's friends. But first, RJ, hi. Hi, Jer. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, took the time out of your busy life to uh, show up today. Yeah, so last week uh, I messaged you Wednesday morning saying, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be doing this because at that point in time I was suffering from quite the horrible sore throat and uh, I really wasn't sure if it was going to exist uh, later in the day. And uh, I think it turned out to be the right call because I don't think I would have mm. lasted no hour and a half of talking nonstop uh, in this format. And so uh, in turn, I got to enjoy like a typical Wednesday for like regular people um, mm-hmm. that don't uh, haven't made the poor choice in their life to do a podcast. Um, <laughs> so, so what is a typical Wednesday for uh, you? When I'm not doing this, I don't know, just like not talking, uh, relaxing, organizing comics, getting angry, looking at the said comics, doing some mm-hmm. baking, um, looking outside. It's just a beautiful day. Kind of like today, actually. Um, it's kind of bumming me out. This sun blasting through the kitchen here, uh, warming my skin. Uh, I just think about walking around that lake, but we've got a job to do here, buddy. Oh, trust me. I know we have a job to do. I mean, people out there don't understand, but you have a very simple uh, presence in this podcast. You just show up. Yeah. All right. Um, I so hit people record. Might not under- <laughs> yeah. People might not understand my anger, but I mean, I schedule these things. I buy all the movies. I do the editing. I'm the host, Jarrett uh, Fillmore Duncan. Uh, I do a lot of things. And um, frankly, I've had it with you, man. Mm-hmm. You're always late. Uh, <laughs> you're constantly late, even outside of the podcast. Um, you have no job, uh, <laughs> no future, really. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty unacceptable. I think our fans are going to be pretty outraged too, because I don't know if we've missed a week yet. Never, no. We've uh, this is the so, first time, so yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I, I hey, I was all ready to do it this weekend, but somebody had to go away out of town for like the whole weekend. Well, I had, I had planned my week accordingly. I had the Wednesday booked out for the podcast, mm-hmm. and I had the weekend for extracurricular activities. So uh, I'm not at fault here. It's you, friend. And yes, I did. <laughs> I did go away for the weekend. Went to Cowtown, Calgary, Alberta. Spent some days up there. How was so. that? That was pretty good. Uh, we, me and Andrew went up on a Friday, stayed at a hotel downtown. Uh, it happened to be St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Uh, so uh, our hotel actually had an Irish pub attached to it. Uh, and it was at capacity at 8 p.m. So we weren't allowed in there. No. So uh, we went directly across the street to a place called the Barley Mill, which had all sorts of festive joy. Festive. Uh, things appropriate for the Irish Mm -hmm. Uh, and it wasn't full at all so we had a nice time over there instead of at the Irish pub which was loud and sweaty yeah yeah and then uh, you know we saw some friends and uh, isn't that what it's all about Jer? Uh, I guess so Uh, 
by Friday, I was feeling pretty good, and uh, I got to go to a pinball tournament over at Again? a buddy. Yeah. What's up with you in these pinball tournaments? Like, are you turning into the Wiz? Uh, or the pinball wizard? Um, no, no, the Wiz. The Wiz. That Michael Jackson one, where he plays pinball all the time. Um, you know the one. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I got to, I actually played this time. Last time I just kind of hung out and played like a little bit casually, but I didn't actually go into the tournament portion. But this time sure. I did, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, my team got second. Uh, my friend Corey got first, and Chanel Ooh. got third. So we locked it up. Our our tournament fees were paid for. Made a couple bucks on the on top of that. Got to play some pinball and found out that I'm just okay. Uh, got to play with a guy named Keith who was very good and uh, he carried why really... didn't he win well he did and he won it for our team essentially because oh. our, our points were all accumulated because each, ah. each team had four people on it and everyone had, had, like it was a mix every team had a mix of like noobs to pros and so we got mm-hmm. we got we got uh, carried by one man and uh, to 15 bucks in my pocket. Fifteen bucks. How'd you spend that fifteen bucks, cowboy? Oh, I'm pretty sure it went toward uh, perhaps it was some taco time, and, uh, mm. and probably a liter of Diet Pepsi. Uh, the poor life choices haunt you with every aspect of your life. I said, I guess, hey. I guess so. Uh, well, that's depressing, man. Mm-hmm. Did you have a machine of choice? Ah, uh, what did I do best on? I actually. Um, there's this one called Gladiator that everyone seems to like hate on because it's like it seems it's very unforgiving in a like late '70s pinball sort of way. So like yeah, my my pinball background really uh, I played like everybody did when you're like in junior high, like a kid mm-hmm. in the '90s, and then uh, you kind of just move past that because those places started going out of business. Um, and right. then I played. There was like PlayStation Three had like a pinball arcade uh compilation that came out that recreated a bunch of pinball tables um as accurately as possible but there's like no comparison to actually playing uh an actual pinball machine with real physics um where the balls can hop around and things that can go unpredictably um but that being said uh yeah uh, i haven't played that much a bit felt a bit rusty but i felt by the end of the night uh i was doing okay and i would definitely do Mm -hmm. it again which apparently is going to be in like two months from now. So I'm pretty excited for that. Did you get that tilt in there? No, you know, the, the couple of the guys I was playing with, they were like totally into the tilting. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, oh man, you don't do that to those machines. They're so nice. Like, I don't want to hurt mm-hmm. the machine. I don't want to hurt these old machines. They're not mine to break. But um, yeah, the one guy in particular, Norm, he he was rocking his machine hard. And he actually did tilt like mm-hmm. multiple times, which uh, isn't so good for when you're uh, getting sp- points for scoring and stuff. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting watching like the real serious people. Like they, they really, they have no problems making those machines sway under their, uh, their hands. So one day, I don't know if you're describing pinball or something a lot grosser. Well, yeah, right in now, his, in his man's, well, no, seriously, there, there's a real, yeah. uh, there's like kind of a sexy vibe that goes on down in that basement with like Ooh. 24 people, people like kind of like hunched over, hands taking the sides of those machines and just rocking back and forth, oh, hitting those God. buttons. RJ, mm. I, w- I wish people could have. S- could have seen the the gritted teeth that you were burying just now. Oh, gross! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it. very visibly upsetting and uh, audibly. So um, that's all very gross, and I hope to uh, never hear about it again. All right. 
So that's cool. So uh, I think last time, uh, I think you were teasing that you would mention a little bit about your uh, your video game uh, hmm. uh, pursuits. Adventures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can uh, lay down some stuff here. Um, it may not be the freshest takes now because it's a little bit old, but I mean, I don't really have much to creep on anyway, so this kind of counts. Sure. A lot of my a lot of my free time now has been uh, dedicated to uh, Hyrule and the Legend of Zelda Breath mm. of the Wild mm-hmm. on the Wii U, folks. Not that Switch. I ain't got that Switch. I got no job, but I can get that uh, Wii U version. So, um, yeah, I've been throwing down some pretty serious time. I think I'm about like... 60% done like the main story not like the whole thing because it's an enormous game I don't even know how long it would be I think I saw an estimate that people were saying it was around like an 80 hour game or mm-hmm. something like that yeah so I probably I probably got like 50 50 this story is pretty cool uh, I like it a lot um, I don't know if people are familiar there's sometimes Zelda stories or games can go in like different routes with like what sets things up and in this one it's kind of like ganon came and killed everybody and then now you're link waking up like a hundred years later and you're trying to take the power back beastie boy style no wait was that beastie boys <laughs> could have been could have been public enemy let's say public enemy sure so they're trying to take the power back and um fight the power fight the power yeah so uh it's pretty cool like there's this big map i'm sure everyone's seen it and you can do pretty well anything you want you can climb anything you can sled down stuff you can pinball rape machine whatever you want Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's a small section of the game but it is there um there's a i don't know it's it's a lot of fun like the main the big main story is there's like these four things that are called like divine beasts they're just like huge mech animals and uh, they've been like corrupted by Ganon, so you have to like go in there, and those are those serve as your main dungeons. So there's four big dungeons, and you go in, you do the all the puzzles, and then you kind of like free it. So once you free all four of those, then you can go into Hyrule and take on Ganon himself. And uh, I'm I just did the third of those big main dungeons. So I did the Water World, uh, which was an elephant, which was super cute. Mm-hmm. And then I did the fire one with the Gorons, and that was like Salamander, and that was pretty cool. And I just did what I think was the hardest one. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's an order either. Like, you can just do them in whatever order you want. I kind of like scattered around the map, but the third one I did was like the sand people one. Okay. And it was a camel, and it really fucking sucked. I hated it. <laughs> The dungeon, it, it, I thought it was really hard for some reason. So the other ones I didn't, like, have any problems with. But that camel, man, what a piece of shit. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's fucking awesome, man. Like, uh, if you play any kinds of video games or things like that, like, I'm sure you know about it and either have it already or want it. So right. the uh, all, I, all I can say is uh, the hype is real. It's uh, a 10 out of 10 game. Hmm. Have you been uh, manning up and not like been consulting any uh, walkthroughs that might already exist online, or are you just you just doing it mm-hmm. for real? I did once in the camel because I was so pissed off. Yeah. I was just dropping time, and I was like, I was like, I'm not unemployed with no purpose. I can't just drop hours upon hours into this video game. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I did in the camel because I was I was getting really frustrated. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this fucking piece of shit camel so i did there and then i think there was like one time where i was like i just looked up like 
I didn't have part of the map yet, so I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. So I just looked up the map. But uh, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get out there and enjoy it, man. Or else, what's the point? I guess. I guess. Like other games, uh, I I do do walkthroughs sometimes just to speed it up because I'm an adult and I can't just burn hour hundreds of hours on video games mindlessly. Or can I? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But no, I haven't really done too much of that stuff. So yeah, trying uh, my best. Well, after my uh, night of pinball, the next day I was kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. it's been like five or six years since I've played a video game, really. And Ooh. so I asked my pal Lawrence, uh, hey, what, what game should I check out? And he recommended to me Dark Souls. Um, oh. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I could try <laughs> that out to see what this is all about. And uh, so he lent it to me. And about, about 35, 40 minutes into the game, I just like threw the controller away and said, fucking what a waste of time this is because... Uh, it was too hard? Uh, yeah, in a way that like yeah. where I'm just not going to enjoy it. I mean, that's like the rep of the game. I knew that <laughs> going in, um, but like, I'm a lazy gamer. I, I, I like to, I'm there for yeah. fun and like mm-hmm. uh, a good time. This game just seems like work to me um there's like right. nothing i'm going to get out of it that i couldn't like if i want to spend like a lot of time getting good at something i might as well like it's not going to be a video game um yeah. so and like i don't know the whole like dark the uber dark fantasy settings are like pretty played at this point um mm-hmm. i could just read a manga i could read the manga berserk uh and mm-hmm. get way more enjoyment out of that or Attack on Titan, same. It's the same thing. There's like so many options for this that don't require me mm. like to spend like hours getting good at dodging things so I can kill zombies and like I don't know. Right. I just it's not for me. Um, well, everyone, I never thought I'd see. Yeah, sorry. What? Oh, it's like yeah. I mean, everyone loves this game that seems to be really mm-hmm. into gaming and stuff and like love that stuff. But for me, it's just like nope. Uh, I'd rather do anything else. I guess. So that was my lesson learned. <laughs> well. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day, but it appears that uh, No Fun Duncan has uh, brought shame to the video game industry as well as all the other things that you like to uh, take the fun out of. That's right. uh, No, that's not super surprising. I mean, you haven't gamed in a long time. I've never played those Dark Souls games, but I've just heard they're mercilessly hard. So um, I think it takes like a gamer dude to actually play that stuff. Um, I don't. I'd probably do it one day, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm a Nintendo kid, so I just like that Nintendo stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get horses in Zelda, and you can name them. And my name, my horses are all named like butts and dumps and stuff. It's really? pretty fun. So the, that's the kind of game I like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. Cust- yeah, you you can customize your name in Dark Souls. Um, I'm sure to, to be to butt or dump. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. See, those are the kinds of games I like. Yeah. <laughs> Fun ones. Sweet. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, that that's cool. I mean, it sucks for you, but you can come over and watch, or watch me play Zelda if you ever want to. One day. One day. Uh, well, did you watch any movies? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, but it's been so long now. Oh, that, I, uh, oh I, I actually, I, I know you watched Hardcore Henry. I did. Yeah, so I watched Hardcore Henry. Speaking of video games. (laughs) Speaking of video games, yeah, I uh, popped that fucker in. uh, I think Monday morning, um, I was really tired because we were in Calgary on the weekend. So I was like, I'm going to watch a movie before I do anything today so I can wake up. So I popped that that fucker in. Um, It was good. Uh, I liked it. Um, 
pretty much everything you said about it is like what I liked. Uh, I thought Charlotte Copley was really funny. Mm-hmm. I like that he kept popping up and all that stuff. Yep. I thought it was um, it was a cool idea. Um, like it is a video game. You can tell. You can tell that guy's just a big fan of like Metal Gear Solid and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, no, my only real gripes is the first person stuff. Like, I mean, I know that's the gimmick. Yeah. Sometimes it got a little much for me, where it's just like, oh, come on. Um, I think especially in like, there's one scene where he's like parkour chasing another guy. Sure. And uh, you get a lot of shots of him like when he like falls or like jumps and then like lands. You get a lot of shots of just his feet and stuff mm. and then like him kind of recovering and it's like yeah i know that's ca- probably what it looks like but i found for a lot of it i was like i wish this just had a steady cam or something mm. and it just like switched but i guess that would defeat the point of the movie right so <clears throat> no i like i liked it i thought it was good yeah uh that's a solid uh jfd picks Jarrett recommends um yeah i like that hardcore henry uh and i did watch a couple other things i watched 1984 that was oh, good. yeah. I didn't realize that uh, our boy Roger Deakins uh, shot that bad boy. Oh, I didn't. I don't know if I remembered that. No. I, cool. <laughs> That's not surprising. Uh, yeah. That's a really beautiful looking movie. Yeah, the, it looks the, great. Uh, those, the films, the like actual uh, mm-hmm. like or uh, authoritarian like propaganda films, those things are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff's all good. Um, everything. Yeah, I liked it. It's just like the book. Yeah. It's pretty honest. Yeah. Uh, interpretation so big john hurts there what did you prefer like did you prefer like the movie like the act of watching the movie over reading it because you seem to kind of be like Mm. not awesome on the book but uh yeah i think i i think now seeing that the movie was pretty well a good representation of the book i would have just watched the movie yeah um i don't like i don't usually do that because i'm you i like reading so i usually like to read the book first and then there's i mean the most timeless cliche in the world. It's like the book is better than the movie. Mm. I find that's usually the case, but there are some times where movies are better than the books like 1984 or, uh, the prestige, uh, by our boy, Chris Nolan, that, oh. that movie's better than the book. Oh, have you actually, uh, did you try, uh, read that book? I read some of it. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't go. <laughs> Not really. And, uh, I think that guy who, the author, he's kind of a dink anyways. He's like, Chris Nolan doesn't know what he's doing. And it's like, you don't know what you're doing. No one's even heard of you, friend. So The, the, the other Christopher Priest, because there was two Christopher Priests. Yeah. The other, well, whichever one sucked more. Well, the, there's the one that wrote comics, and then there's the novelist. Um, and I think the, the guy who wrote the like Black Panther comic, he changed his name because of the Christopher Priest confusion, and he became a priest or something like that. That you're getting way too complicated. Uh, there's no way that's real life. It's all real. And then, and then there's a magician in tanks and stuff. It's all real. Ooh, that sounds and, fun. And Tesla. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so uh, 1984 was good. I liked the movie. Um, I am going to watch that Fahrenheit 451 and uh, Brave New World one of these days. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll get you back. And then uh, me and Andrea started watching a movie and we didn't finish it. But Ooh. I logged it anyways because <laughs> I'm never going to watch it. And that is uh, last year's all-star studded cast Featuring Brian Cranston, Megan Mullally, James Franco, mm-hmm. Keegan Michael Key, why? <laughs> and the movie was Why Him? Yeah. And you know what we said? Why this movie? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, we, Ugh. I think it was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we like got we got home on Sunday, yep. and Andrew's like, "Do you have anything like 
we don't have like a TV show right now just to like throw on and like relax to. So she's like, do you got anything stupid? And I was like, let me check. And I popped that on and I don't think we even got 10 minutes through it. Andrew's just like, no. She's like, this is just fucking horrible. She's like, why did they make this thing? So we, uh, I logged it. I didn't rate it though, because mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't be fair. But uh, I'm never going to finish that movie. So I feel like I earned that uh, credit on Letterboxd. Nice. Yeah, I saw that um, that movie poster, uh, I think, when we were going to some some flicks. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I've never heard of it. I've never seen any trailers for it. Like, it's just a movie that, like, oh, like, what is it? And now you now you found out for us. And uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, uh, I, also I a, a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I, I had a similar experience with a comedy myself from 1978, Uh-oh. a film called The One and Only, um, starring old Henry Winkler, uh, directed Ooh, yeah. by Carl Reiner. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we watched about on uh, Saturday, which is uh, watching uh, 20-year-old wrestling pay-per-view night. Uh, mm-hmm. We checked out uh, – we, we had we had a gap in the schedule, and we're like, hey, we'll just watch this, like, wrestling-themed movie that we'd never seen before. And mm-hmm. uh, we got, like, 10 minutes into this thing, and it was just going to be a chore, like – it was just like what it's like a comedy that's not funny and trying yeah. hard with like Henry Winkler's playing this super obnoxious character that's like he's he's supposed to be not funny but they're really mm-hmm. pushing that and it's supposed to be charming I think and it's just nope mm. so we were just sitting there in like uncomfortable silence and then finally I think we all admitted no this is really bad let's just go back and watch some um, 90s Japanese wrestling instead just randomly on YouTube which turned out to be a much better time had by all mm. so. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds uh, okay. One and only. Well, the movie doesn't sound good, no, but I mean, your don't. night sounds like yeah, it improved. It, it turned around after we turned that bad boy off. And as far as mm-hmm. uh, like movies, uh, I did get around to watching that uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Ah, uh, yeah. That... Oh, no. I saw you didn't uh, like it as much as uh, I had uh, talked about. No. So, yeah, that movie, it's like. Uh, 50% better than the first yeah. movie, but that's still not very good. Um, mm-hmm. So things I liked about it, uh, they definitely, like, like Ghost Rider definitely looks mm-hmm. better. Um, they have like a neat like kind of finish they put on him, like where he's like kind of melting and because of the heat. So he's like covered in tar and he's like c- coming off gassing. Yeah. yeah. But um, besides that, like the movie is just like stupid story that barely like is a story. Um, mm-hmm. they, 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 they did some uh, budget cost cutting stuff where they like filmed it in Eastern Europe. So like for some reason now, Nicolas Cage is in Eastern Europe as Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Um and the movie looks super cheap, like sci-fi channel cheap. Uh, even though it's got yeah. like like fairly name actors in it, Idris Elba is in there. Christopher Lambert is in there. Um, mm-hmm. and all the dudes. All the dudes. Um, oh yeah, uh, oh Syrian Hines, he's in there too. Yeah, yeah. As the it's devil, got some rad dudes in there. <laughs> yeah, but boy, the the actual like. Uh, staging of like the action scenes once again really bad like Ghost Rider just like will crash into a room and then he'll just stand mm-hmm. there and kind of just like almost like in a dizzy uh, animation from a fighting game he just kind of like mm-hmm. pulsates back and forth and then he just spins a chain around and when he, his chain hits one of the goons they just explode mm-hmm. into flames and he just does that That's over and over cool. and over again not really like oh, can I ask you a question though yeah I'm not familiar with the Ghost Rider comics. What is his action like normally? 
it's more like fighty, grindy stuff. Like, I mean, I haven't looked. I'd have to go back and like look at what those comics fight scenes were like, which is something mm-hmm. that uh, I had done not that long ago with the uh, Wolverine comics that Larry Hammond did back in the early '90s. And yeah. um, just like going back to, it, I, I, I'd have to look again, but I'm, I'm hoping they were better. Um, but mm-hmm. I know that, like, I mean, there hasn't been like a, probably a good Ghost Rider comic ever, so it's kind of hard to hold it to that. But I do know that like action scenes can be well shot and choreographed. Um, cause right. like, you know, John Woo was doing that back in the eighties. And so now in, and, and then these, this movie was directed by the crank guys who are oh so famous yeah. for make, making these great action movies. But it's like, I never really liked that first crank movie to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. but this movie just seemed like, I don't know if they were just like their hands were tied because of budget constraints, but I don't know. It, a lot of it just seems super like fairly unimaginative actually. Um, right. There's a couple of nice spots where actually there's a spot that's very similar to in Hardcore Henry, but uh, like he like jumps into like a giant um, like construction crane and he ghost riders it, and yeah. so it's like it turns into a, a, a giant burning fat thing on top. Of, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, that was kind of neat, but it just it didn't go far enough, and it seemed like it was like too many puns and one-liners getting thrown yeah. in there. Cause it's a superhero movie; it has to be funny <laughs> still, even though it's about like the Antichrist and the devil's trying to <laughs> fill in the yeah. child, but all that all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so there's like the bit where on the highway in Ghost Rider, where it's like he's jumping around. It's like right mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, and he like you know Ghost Rider's eyes is a truck, and it's really like yeah, in the hardcore Henry thing where it's like first person where it's like you're he's jumping across all the trucks, and mm-hmm. uh, action ensues him jumping up in the air onto the next truck, and ridic- yeah, again ridiculous stuff. But I found in Hardcore Henry it was a lot more exciting, just like um, sure from a storytelling perspective, like if you felt like you were drawn into it, which I don't think was necessarily just down to it being a first person thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know that ghost rider. Kind of, it, it looked better, but, and, and Nicholas yeah. cage was wacky finally. Like, Oh he, yeah. Yeah. He, he has some uh, pretty good line readings and uh, mm-hmm. really uh, some re- great respect to the, uh, the tone of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which is what, well, which you, is what I sign up for with Nick. Yeah, cage. exactly. Yeah. Do you you can see why uh, whenever that came out like five eight ten years ago you can see why I liked it when it came out right it's no. goofy no no oh man there's there's stuff in that the movie that's so fucking funny uh, there's one thing like unintentionally funny when the guy gives like power to the other people and he's like I give you the power of and he like leans into his ear he's like light. Or, like, decay, yeah. and then, like, things all, like, decay and rot. I yep. thought that was funny. <laughs> and then uh, the best part that I, I still remember very clearly is Idris Elba in that uh, little trolley car upside down in that tree. It's the oh, shit. fuck, yeah. That, it's the funniest that, shit I've ever seen. It's so, so it's so badly, that, that shot is so badly composed because it's, like. It, isn't that intentional? Uh, I don't know if it is. I guess so, but it doesn't work because it's, like. Oh, it's like a random gag shot. That like, it's like uh, I don't know. It's just because it's like he's like almost on the wrong side of the screen where it's like you're like, what am I looking at? Oh, that's the joke. And then it cuts back, and you're like, oh, this is what we're in for, huh? I love that shit. I bet. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Anyways. Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. That's about all I really watched, though. Uh, so I don't know, RJ. You got any news for us this week? Oh, maybe from shit. the maybe from the last couple weeks. Uh, I thought that I did have news actually, but uh, <gasps> now that you mention it, I don't think I do. Um, it seems well. It seems like uh, Disney stole 
Zootopia from the guy who wrote Total Recall. Yeah. That's news, I guess. Um, that Death Note trailer came out. That's news, I guess. Yeah, I um, saw that. I didn't realize that that was going straight to Netflix. Yeah, that was always like a Netflix original thing. Hmm. Um, that's your buddy, Adam Wingard. I know. So we'll see if that's... Uh, I, I like some of his stuff. He's 50-50. Some stuff I like a lot, and some stuff I'm just like, what is this? Mm. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Like his, v- his VHS entries I don't think are good at all. But yeah. uh, his other things are pretty good. Um, news, hey? I don't yeah. think I have any news. I got some news for you. Oh. Crave TV sucks. Yeah? As uh, I've been updating people on uh, online formats to get things. I signed up for a free trial. And then uh, I w- I'm about to get to the billing point. So I went to the website to cancel, right? Yeah. And then it was like, you've entered the wrong password. And I was like, okay. And then I entered the right one. And I was like, no, you've been like locked out of this. And I was like, oh, weird. I, I thought it was just a day. Mm-hmm. But like a week later, it- I was still locked out. And I had to call the helpline to change my password. Ah, oh, what nonsense, Jarrett. What nonsense. That's just not fair at all. Yeah. So no real news. <laughs> In the- I, I honestly I didn't even I didn't even think about looking today, so I'm sure there's something. Um, well, I've been seeing a lot of people have been taking a big shit on that Iron Fist TV show. Ooh, I did see that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, I haven't seen it. Oh, well, I'm just you know I'm just scanning through news right now. Michael Shannon uh, might be playing Cable in Deadpool too. I doubt that. <laughs> Unless they give him a lot of money, I don't think he would do it. Uh, I've never oh, seen you, Never. You know what I heard? Hmm. You know that movie Life with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal about the alien? Yes. Have you heard the conspiracy theory that it is actually a Venom prequel for uh, the Marvel Universe? Uh, why? Because some guy found a shot in the trailer of life that is actually taken from spider-man 3 when like venom comes down or or maybe not venom but something in spider-man 3 and then like there's this big thing about how people think that because the like it's actually the same shot they edited it a little bit yeah and uh people are like well it's an alien maybe it's just like a surprise venom movie huh so that's news wow what else you got hot shot oh It looks like the world's just garbage, RJ. (laughs) Chuck Berry died. (laughs) Uh, Chuck Berry and Chuck Barris. Yeah, Chuck Barris of uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind uh, fame. I love that movie. I think we've talked about that before. You're not as big into it as I am. Yeah, I mean, I went in kind of like super stoked because it's old uh, Mm. Chuck Kaufman. And uh, yeah, I've never thought about that movie since seeing it. So I don't know. I love that movie. Hmm. Maybe I'm the only one. I've I've seen it countless times. Loved it when it came out. I also think Sam Rockwell is the shit. Like he's so cool. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he's really popular with the ladies yeah. too. Seems like it's because a- of that dance scene in Charlie's Angels. You remember that one? Um, he's smoking yeah. a cigarette and doing the stanky leg. Ooh, fuck! I'm not even being sarcastic. It's really good. In the first one? Yeah. Is that the bit with like uh, Crispin Glover in there too? Yeah, Crispin Glover's in there. He yeah. is he in the first one or the second one? I don't first know. It doesn't one. matter. I've only seen but the first the... one, unfortunately. Oh, well, you're missing out, man. Because what's that <laughs> other one called? Like Full Throttle or something? Yeah. Yeah, that one's got Joey in it from Friends. Hmm. <laughs> so 
So uh, you know what you're watching next week. Do I? What am I Maybe. watching? <laughs> nope. Charlie's Angels 2, full oh throttle. Oh, God. Did I ever tell you that story of me seeing Charlie's Angels? So um, no. back in the day, uh, when I was hanging out at the comic book store, the store would close up, and Friday night I'd be like, well, we're, we're going to a movie. And yeah. whatever the movie was, I just I had to go because uh, Bobby was my ride. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's how I got to see such films as Extreme Ops. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, Charlie's Angels was one of those movies. Uh, and, and shit like Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, All and, the good boner movies. And, and Loser starring Jason Biggs. I saw that movie too. Uh, yeah, that movie's not yeah. not good, not good, not too good. Anyway, too so good. saw Charlie's Angels, and I was so angry the whole time watching that movie, and I was like really vocalizing mm-hmm. how much I didn't like this movie. I think much to the displeasure of the uh, to Dale, who I was seeing it to, where he was like, you know, you could just mm-hmm. leave, and I was like, well, I can't because I'm going to just wait out in the like hallway. It's like, no, you made me, mm-hmm. you fuckers made me go to this movie. I'm just going to let you know how much I don't like this. So maybe that was a dick move, but you know, I was a mm. teenager and uh already on my way to being a movie snob, so Yeah. Well you're you're still a sassy teenager. Still sassy. You st- I see those eye rolls when we watch movies. And, such and, as uh, a movie coming up later tonight. Yes indeedy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So no real news. Well no, whatever. Nothing. Fuck it. People don't pay us for anything, so no. all right then. Uh, I guess it's that Kong time. Well, well, folks, after the break, we're going to be going into the jungle and kidnapping a poor animal to exploit it for our own financial gains. And then we'll expect the world to feel bad for us afterwards. Mm
wild, weird, wonderful. The stuff for which movies were made. Adventure to make you wonder if it's true, while your eyes convince you that it is. Truly, the thrill of thrills. Don't miss it this time. And we're back. And tonight we're talking about King Kong from 1933. 1933. Directed by Miriam C. Cooper and Ernest Schoedschak. Um, So yeah, this was spine number two in the Laserdisc Criterion Collection. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you'd like to hear uh, history about that Laserdisc Collection and Criterion, I would highly recommend you check out our Citizen Kane episode, which I think is like 25 or 26, which was also our Christmas episode, um, Mm -hmm. where I got a book out from the library and uh, espoused a bunch of stuff about it, being all professional and stuff. And most of it has slipped my mind, so I'm not going to recap it. You can just go back and listen to that. It's a good one. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, King Kong, uh, another one of those big Warner Brothers movies that uh, Criterion snagged back in the day for a cool 10 Gs, uh, putting it out into the world um, mm-hmm. in the 80s, 83, I think it was. Um, and now it's readily available on Blu-ray, and it probably looks much, much better, uh, I'm assuming, than that old laser disc did. Um, yes. So, the plot of King Kong if you motherfuckers don't already know, that's crazy, but I'll give you a brief summary. Uh, this is a tale of a man named Carl Denham, who mm. is kind of loosely based on the director of Marion C. Cooper. He's kind of like a uh, Robert Flaherty type of guy who uh, made his early films as like... Uh, just documenting like sort of like the savage world and the outside world and just like making travel pictures, docudramas, uh, staging things, uh, presenting mm-hmm. them to the masses. And so uh, I guess at some point, Miriam Cooper might have thought, hey, this would make a really cool idea for a movie about like a guy like me who goes and finds a giant monster, though, because I can't do that in real life, but I can definitely make a movie about that. Mm-hmm. So that's what this movie is. A guy named Carl Denham. Uh, he's setting sail to a place called uh, Skull Island. Um, do they ever say that in this no, movie? No, it's like a I was skull. trying to figure out. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. no like, I can't remember where that begins. Um, the only time I even heard it was in Peter Jackson's one. Is it specifically in that one? Oh, yeah, because there's a scene you can't miss, but we'll get there. I was just wondering, like, I I was trying to pinpoint when they actually called it that, and I I couldn't find a spot until PJ's. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) Um, But so one of the things this guy needs, though, is he needs a girl. He needs a lady Mm -hmm. to come on this ship. Uh, travel all around the world across the Pacific to go to this island uh, for some filming, and mm-hmm. which doesn't sound greasy or questionable at all. Yeah, one no. of his one of his first stops because uh, he he's got kind of a bad rep as a showman and stuff like that, not paying his bills, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so like none of the agents really want to like foist any of their girls on him, especially for a kind of a deal like this. He like mm-hmm. goes into like a women goes by a women shelter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that's that sums up his character really oh, well, man. actually. Like that scene always, and like I love when he goes there, and there's all these women standing in line, and they're all.
they're all like kind of like mm-hmm. wow old 30s ladies and they all talk like this and he just kind of like yeah. Ugh, and he's just like no nah, forget this noise mm-hmm. and then so he goes down basically down the street and he happens to come across a girl who uh may or may not be trying to steal some fruit because she's mm-hmm. starving and the shopkeeper accuses her of thieving and starts just ripping a strip out of her and she's like no no please i didn't do it and but all carl denham comes along he's like hey well here i'll buy you some fruit hey i got mm-hmm. a great idea lady uh you should come on a trip with me across the seas it's like holy shit this guy's like a serial killer yeah <laughs> like what's the difference here so anyway she agrees uh because the movie must continue Mm-hmm. Uh, they board that ship and they set sail. We get to meet a, a beautiful uh, racist caricature of a Chinese man. Um, and we get to meet some very mm-hmm. enlightened uh, views of um, um, male and feminine uh, relationships, uh, but women being bad luck and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very lots of rampant sexism, but it's all it's all uh, charming in its era, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, we get to see uh, the whatever it is, the captain buddy dude. Uh, they seem to be like setting up a potential romantic relationship there between uh, the, the, our lady, uh, played by Faye Ray, who, RJ, mm-hmm. were you aware that she was from Cardston, Alberta? <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And, People won't know, but just Google Cardston and then. Uh, and and actually, RJ, in Cardston, there's like a little plaque. There's a little thing that's like by, it's like the Fay Ray Fountain. And there's this little yeah. thing with like a little King Kong stencil holding her in his hand. Unbelievable. Do you want to hear something really funny? Hmm. One time roommate Scott was driving through Cardston yep. and they stopped at the diner. And uh, he used to have like, I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to call, say, strombosis. I don't think that's what it is. Maybe it's stromboli. Mm. But uh, one of his eyes was a little bit wandering. Uh, and, like, he stopped there. And all the people in Karsten, which is a, a heavily Mormon community, mm-hmm. thought that he was high because his eyes were weird. And they were, like, giving him a lot of grief and basically made him leave. So uh, it may be the home of Fay Ray, but they also <laughs> uh, discriminate against people with physical uh abnormalities i guess they still live so. they still live in the world of reefer madness reefer madness yeah. yeah which is like i don't even know understand how that could equate to being high like one of his eyes was like wandering so they're like he's high get him out of here mm-hmm. take so, uh, take take your dr- rampant drug addiction to the big city the big city yeah so fun facts about cartston tonight on there. the cartston episode that's right yeah so um they get to the island, and mm-hmm. uh, they come across a ritual from the islanders, um, and they're doing what have you. It doesn't really make any sense at this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, though one thing I will mention, spoilers, this movie's about King Kong. Uh, I really love the islanders wearing the partial Kong outfits. Like, they're wearing, like, yeah. just, like, huge gorilla hunks suits. of, like, gorilla suits. And it's, like, yeah. it's really cool because... Um, you don't know if you if you were watching this movie for the very first time, you didn't really know where it was going. It would just yeah. look like nothing. But like in, like after watching the movie again, you're like, oh yeah, they're they're wearing gorilla suits because it's all about Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the these islanders they they get a look at uh, old Fay Ray and they're like, yeah, yeah, she'd make a great sacrifice. This like blonde, oh, yeah. this blonde white goddess. Let's oh, yeah. and so they make an offer like, hey, we'll give you seven ladies for one of your for the one of her, and they're like, well, no, sir, we won't be doing anything like that. And so they go mm-hmm. back to the their boat, they chill, but then the islanders come and abscond with the girl. 
Um, yeah. Which, of course, kicks off a rescue party to go uh, get her back. And, of course, uh, they get to the island just in time for her being uh, all tied up and set mm-hmm. in place to be the sacrifice to this island's god, which is Kong. A, I don't know, how many feet tall is Kong? 60, 100, something like that? No, 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 no. He's uh, like 24 feet in is this it, movie. Is he only 24? Yeah. Okay. It, yep. it seems like he, I mean, he does change in size depending on the I, situation. But. I checked it out. So on the island, he's around like 14, 16 or something like that. Okay. And then uh, when they take him to, to New York, he's around 24. Because I was trying to find like um, like Godzilla fans are way better about this. There's really yeah. nice infographics you oh, can get where is. like sizes for like different years. But uh, no such thing exists for Kong. So I had to do some of the math or figure it out through other means but uh yeah he's only like at his biggest he's only like just under 30 feet okay um and so we get kong we get him Mm -hmm. revealed this giant gorilla monster and he grabs the girl and he walks off with her and mm-hmm. uh, the, the the good white heroes, they come in, uh, chase off the silly islanders, and they kind of take back the Savages. fort. And then, yeah, that's right. And then they send some uh, men forth into the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get to enjoy some good old-fashioned pre-code death and mayhem. Um, yeah. When I say pre-code, RJ, are you familiar with that term? Not really. I know you say it a lot, but I just kind of sh- smile and nod like I know what you're saying. Okay. But I don't really know. Uh, okay. So in brief, uh, at one point, there was this thing that came along. It's called the Haze Code. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of started mm, 27, 28, 29, and uh, kind of like just like the sound error kind of kicked in. And it was like, kind of like this like this uh, federal legislation sort of stuff, which laid out, these are the sort of things you can't show in movies. And uh, no one really followed them at all. And so these movies, uh, they, 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 they could get away with whatever they wanted. And mm-hmm. uh, so you ought to see, like, wait, there's things where far more suggestive up to a point. You would actually see men and women sleep in the same bed, which is something that would cease to what? happen for, like, 20 years in, like, Hollywood films uh, mm-hmm. because they were afraid of, like, not being screened at all. Uh, and the movies were just way more violent. Uh, people would get gunned down and killed. Uh, sex, violence, drugs, all that stuff was like completely in the forefront and allowed mm-hmm. to be because it helped sell tickets and made movies like more realistic, um, which is like what a novel idea. But then there was a point where things kind of receded back and there was like a push against that sort of stuff. And so the, the studios just kind of followed this. So there was like yeah. that kind of like golden window from like in the sound era from like 30 to about halfway through 35 where like movies could <laughs> do whatever they wanted. And, um, like where that you would actually, they could just have nudity. They could just have like have yeah. guys dying left and right. And so this is a movie that benefits from that, I think. Um, yes. so yeah, uh, we got sort of the whole chase of like Kong returning to sort of his, uh, lair with, uh, Feyre. And then you get the backdrop of like the rescuers, uh, chasing after him. And then you get mm-hmm. to see a bunch of monsters and crazy stuff. You get to see dinosaurs yeah. left and right. Um, and, Bugs. and they just kill people constantly. And you get mm-hmm. to really enjoy, uh, the wonderful, um, Willis O'Brien, um, special effects, which mm-hmm. are really pretty amazing still. Um, yep. so yeah, anyway, uh, Captain catches up to the girl, um, saves her, brings her back to the boat. Kong chases after them. Um, 
they have some uh, chloroform that they knuckle Kong out with. And mm-hmm. Carl Denham's like, I see an opportunity here. <laughs> and so he chains up poor Kong, hauls him yep. all the way back to New York City. And uh, they, they have, they, there's an exhibition showing off the giant captive uh, ape. And uh, one thing leads to another, some flash bulbs involved. Uh, and Kong goes on a rampage. He yeah. kills a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. He climbs the Empire State Building, and Woo. then he is tragically killed by uh, Spitfires, and, and he's dead. And Carl Denham Ooh. says, well, beauty has killed the beast. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so uh, King Kong is a movie that I had not seen up until, it was like, I think 2005 is when the DVD came out. Uh, this is one of those movies I had heard of. I'd seen, I, I, I knew of since I was a kid and I was always like, Oh, I want to see King Kong someday. But I don't know. Yeah. It just never really came up. The opportunity was never really there. Finding a copy of this movie seemed like weirdly difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. and so the day it came out on DVD and like whatever it was, November of 2005, I went and bought it the day of and watched it. And I'm like, that movie's really kind of cool. And, mm-hmm. um, I watched it actually like only like a, year or two ago when I was kind of on a pre-code movie watching kick and I realized I hadn't watched that movie in like 10 years and I thought this movie's pretty cool and watching it again still holds up mm-hmm. um yeah this movie is just like I don't know I will say that probably the first half hour 40 minutes before like kind of Kong shows up it's not the most exciting movie um, yeah, it's lots of just characters kind of droning on on the boat, and I don't know what I, you could, I could really care less about the human beings. Um, there's some; it's all just story building stuff like that. I found it's pretty typical for the era uh, to have scenes mm-hmm. like this play out. Uh, but then, yeah, when you get to like the actual like technical special effects stuff, this stuff is so great. Um, that Kong versus T Rex fight scene is like still like so much better than. God, like most like action scene, most action scenes now with like top of the line CGI and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there's like actual like plotting out and like basing it in like how fights would actually play out between like like as if you could imagine like okay this Mm -hmm. is how a fight between a 24 foot gorilla and a Tyrannosaurus Rex would play out. Uh, Yeah, King Kong would get his back and uh, he'd choke him out, get his hooks in, and then like tear his jaws apart, which is like still like. So like gruesome, like I'm like mm-hmm. fuck. That's so great, um, and like just like little moments of like uh, Kong like playing with a broken jaw afterwards, and he's like kind of admiring his own power. It's just mm-hmm. like man, what great acting that all is. Stuff that just I don't know, it gets left out or it feels like derivative when they do it now. Um, yeah, I was gonna say in watching all of them, that's definitely something that a lot of the new the remake people just stole. They get the jaw rip and then playing with it after they Mm. stole it too. But I think it's because in this original one, it does have such an impact. Like you watch it and you're just like, fuck. Mm -hmm. It's it's super cool, man. It's gnarly. Um, But yeah, there's like watching this. uh, There's like the one bit in this where it's just like, 
I was just like contemplating every level of the production of some of its shots because there's the one scene oh, where, yeah. where Kong comes through like this kind of like cavern where like he's, mm-hmm. he's about to fight a sea serpent and like I was just like looking at this thing and I was like holy crap like every single thing that they put together for this like the lighting of the cave walls and then like so that's yeah. like one layer and then they give this like it's like all beautiful like it's like um <laughs> I don't know, like an 18th century painting of like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh no, it's just a move. It's a monster movie at the end of the day, and Kong's moving yeah. through the space, and then there's this like in the foreground, there's like a like a bubbling like pool, and then there's like a smoking crater, and then on top mm-hmm. of all that, oh now we're gonna have an action scene all while this is all going on, and it looks great. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, just like from like the technical standpoint and like this movie's ability to like stir up like kind of movie magic in this really basic way, um, it's just, it still speaks to how well crafted it was. Um, yeah. And, oh, and then on top of this like whole battle scene, there's like a bit where like Fay Ray's been rear projected into like the wall of this cavern where like, Kong places <laughs> her while he has this fight and she's watching it. And it's like, holy crap, <laughs> like all these like little things like they someone actually had to build this up. Whereas now you just completely take it for granted. Um, and yeah. here it plays out so, so well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, yeah, it's, uh, there's, I think after he like throttles that, that sea serpent to death, it's when he really mm-hmm. becomes like the hero of the movie. And you're like, this Fuck guy's that. awesome. Like, like, mm-hmm. like Kong is just like so much better than every human being in this movie. He, cause oh, like, yeah. everything he does makes total sense from his perspective. Um, so it's like, yeah, he is the hero. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, and, and then, oh yeah. And he kills a, a pterodactyl. Cause why the fuck not? Um, it's because all these people are fucking bugging him, like getting up in his business, and he's yep. just like, "Leave me alone, fuck." Yep, those islanders like, had the right idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then yeah, I think like one scene that like I definitely was like uh, questioning the physics of it was uh, when when uh, Feyre and Captain are trying to escape down the vine, the and they're, rope, they're yeah. down the rope, and then like Kong just is like pulling up the rope, and it's like, "Holy fuck, they're they're dead! Like they're in so much yeah. trouble," and then they have to drop, and they drop. I don't know. I like to say eighty hundreds, to hundreds, of hundreds of feet down into uh, a nice soft landing of water underneath, because as we all know, water's like the best way to break your landing, and it's not mm-hmm. like concrete at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's always like that one's like uh, that one's pushing it a little bit, but you know, fuck fuck me, I'm watching a King Kong movie. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it, then, it'd be great if there was a different guy there first and he hit the water first and like broke all his legs and back mm-hmm. and then the and then he like rippled the water so they could do it but then they pulled him out and he's just like I can't walk and they're like that sucks <laughs> and then they just took off oh. that's what that Peter Jackson remake was missing yeah um I, I have more to say but uh, RJ uh what did you think of your first time watching King Kong um I would loosely say first time because, I mean, I think it's hard for anyone to say that they haven't seen this movie Um, just through like so much stuff that like copies it. And then just even actual clips I've seen like tons of. And then uh, I'm pretty sure it was shown to me sometime when I was little, but I don't think I really knew what I was watching then. So the first time in a long time, we'll say that. Uh, No, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, it's really well done. It is a, um, the mo- probably the most used word, but it's it's a marvel. Like it's amazing what they could do in the 30s with all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. all the visual effects is amazing. The sound stuff is really good, good too. Like, er- or in like what you were saying, like lighting and sets, like everything is great. Everything looks good. 
nobody's ever questioned that. Looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, the story is really good, although I hate the ending. I think it's bullshit. Oh, yeah. um, that motherfucking Carl Denham is such a piece of shit. Oh, he's, he's the, like beauty he's the worst. The, Twas beauty killed the beast, and it's like fuck you, man. It's like you killed him. <laughs> he's like that. That that thing's blood is on your hands, Carl Denham. Yeah, it's like because he's a piece of shit, and he doesn't even mm-hmm. realize that he's a piece of shit because he's in that old mentality. He's like he's like, well, it's all right to uh, capture and enslave these animals for our mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like you definitely Kong is the hero. You definitely, uh, sympathize with him for everything because he is doing the right stuff. He saved the, saved the girl, beat up some baddies. And he was just like, leave me alone. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Cause actually, uh, there's like one letterbox reviewer. I can't remember if it was maybe like Anna Imhoff or something like that. She made some comment about like her problem with like King Kong and Frankenstein is like these monsters is like, she wants to be scared. And like the, mm-hmm. the problem she has is like, but like you can't be like none of these things. Like neither of them are scary. They have such sweet eyes. And I'm like, yeah, Kong's Kong's wonderful. Like he just looks like a lovable like mm. thing that you just like. I want to be pals with Kong, even though you shouldn't be because he will just eat you. Um. Yeah, that that's a that's a hard thing to say though. Too like it's because I think that's more of like the way people are, not as much as like what we consciously do and stuff like that. Because mm. you. Like you identify with like human characteristics more. Yeah. Like when you anthropomorphize things, like when you look at a dog and you're like, oh, he's being like a people because it's super cute. So, like, we're like set up to do look at things like that. You know what I mean? So, I think it's really easy, especially with like anthropoids, like apes and stuff like that. It's really easy to just like identify with it and like mirror it basically. You're like, oh, yeah, totally. I get with him. And Frankenstein's just a, a person anyway, so right. I get it, but I like I don't like I'm sure they they play that up a little bit, but I don't think it's I don't know I we can't help it, right? Yeah. So I understand it's like yeah you want to be scared, but at the same time it's like sometimes you can't be when it it's things that look like that, mm-hmm. unless you do like you did like a rape gorilla movie, which is kind of like some of the later ones, but uh, those are scary. <laughs> Congo did it. Congo made them scary. Were they rape gorillas in Congo? <laughs> no, but they were like monster, like albino ones that like tore people up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So Congo made them. I should have watched Congo. Oh. I even joked about it. What the fuck? Even had an extra week and everything. Uh, all anyways, goes to shit. All goes to shit. But uh, no, yeah, I really liked it. Um, there's some cool stuff like uh, like what you're saying, like this pre-code things is wicked. Like you see Kong, he's just like biting dudes in half. He's like mm-hmm. stomping on dudes. Oh, yeah. And uh, one thing I've noticed in a lot of these Kong movies is that most of like the damage done is just because people are really dumb and like they create the chaos themselves. Kong's just walking through the place. He's just chilling out and all these people are like throwing spears at him and he's like, fuck off. So he I, I, I get it, man. He's doing his best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie's super cool. Uh, one thing I thought was really funny is when they first talked to the witch doctor. Uh, they say his name, and I think it's Costco. So that's a pretty good endorsement. <laughs> yeah. If I was at Costco, I would I would run with that. <laughs> so, so that's that. Fine. You know, uh, one thing I thought was crazy is like you know that tree cliff stunt where like the tree stump yeah. like they're crossing it. Oh yeah. Those dudes are actually falling and they're hitting the ground or something because it looks fucking brutal. Like they're landing really hard on stuff. They're like um, little claymations. <laughs> Okay, maybe it's a different one. 
There, there's a scene in this like the, movie, like when they're crawling across like the dead tree, and then like uh, yeah, no, Kong, I not... think it's a different one. There's a scene where dudes are like falling off of not that cliff because yeah, those ones are claymation, but it's like you see the the people like impact the ground. Yeah, there's a scene somewhere in the movie, and that looks fucking real, and it looks like they're hitting the ground really hard. They're, they're doing real bumps. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I was like, man, these guys are really getting fucked up. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Neat. Uh yeah, there's Neat. like the there's like the one in like kind of like the montage of like guys just getting eaten and killed and stuff. Or like yeah. the one guy who's like uh kind of trailing in the back as they're running away from the carnivorous brontosaurus. And the one guy decides, I think my best plot of course of action here is to climb up the tree so I'm closer to its mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, walk people toward, are dumb. Yeah, climb up that tree so you're closer to it to eat me. Yeah. yeah. Love it. People are dumb, Jerry. Um, yeah, like, yeah, but that, like, where the trees think when they're, like, running across it and then uh, Kong's shaking it and then he tosses them all off. That is so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, the rampage through the uh, the village uh, before Kong gets uh, smoked out. Uh, it's pretty awesome. He just, like, yeah. he's tossing people around, devouring them. There's a baby that's, like, almost yeah. stomped on because Kong don't give no fucks. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, we get to New York City and uh, the rampage there of him, like, looking for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, him, like, well, was she in this subway train? Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh, well. Toss. Toss. So, yeah. so magnificent. I also just like when he pulls that lady out of the window and he's like, are you her? Nah. All right. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, Wrong. throws her over the shoulder, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. 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 Super totally. cool. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll bounce. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but that and then like yeah, man, I, I'm like I don't know, I'm always in awe of like the of Kong climbing up the Empire State Building. That like yeah. I, I think that shot, I was like looking for it on Google. I'm like, where is like a shot of just that? And it's like it seems like it's uh, underappreciated by some. I, I think that's like it's like a really beautiful shot, and like it's all yeah. it's just like a miniature of it, and in this little little gorilla climbing up the side of it, and it's like so so amazing. Um, and then his yep. death, which is super sad. It's a bummer. Bullshit is what it is. Yeah, it's like he. It's like because you know it's coming too. Because if yeah. there's like that's like the one thing that everybody knows. If you even if you haven't seen that movie, because it's like so embedded in the culture, is mm-hmm. that Kong falls at the end and he yep. and then his uh, corpse gets picked at by the cameraman vultures mm-hmm. and everyone says what a scoop and uh, and Carl Denham's like well that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh well. Peace. Yeah. And then he like gets on his hoverboard and glides away. And, and for a couple months, that which leads us to the next movie. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's about all I got to say on Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's uh, super it's cool. Super classic. Uh, one yep. thing I will mention though is the <gasps> the really dark and depressing tale of Willis O'Brien, the the man who brought us those amazing special effects. Um, so Willis, well, so he just started, so he's just like a guy, I mean, cause no one at, you know, in 1912, there was no such thing as like a special effects man in cinema, right? There was, yeah. like, that wasn't a job you did. So, I mean, he was just kind of like a journeyman traveling around like Seattle going around and he just like learned how to do stuff on his own, kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, an autodidact and, uh, just did jobs here or there. And then I guess like uh, somewhere along the way, and maybe it was in Oregon or something, he, um, met some guy and they're like, Hey, 
uh, he's just like, because he saw him making some miniatures, and he's like, oh, we should do some yeah. like some miniature war gaming. Uh, and oh, they, so, so, so they built some stuff, and he started thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like this stuff could move? Like you could like mm-hmm. make. And then he's like, yeah, I guess you took like photographs. You could simulate like movement of uh, these things happening. And so he started like actually doing that, and uh, one thing led to another. And so I mean, like he did the Lost World in like 1924, which is like, mm-hmm. I mean. Like pretty, like pretty groundbreaking for 1924 to like you know make brontosauruses moving around and dinosaurs and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and then uh, I mean it kept going in that direction. And I mean he was like the pioneer of all this. Like I mean there would be no Ray Harryhausen without Willis O'Brien. Yep. But like there's like all oh, the one story though. It's like so like I guess like his wife was like crazy. Like she went nuts and like he kind of like split with Hysterical? her. Uh, something like that. Cause so they had two children together. And I guess mm-hmm. like just like the same year that, that King Kong came out, uh, she murdered uh, their two children and shot, shot herself through the chest, which apparently she was also suffering from tuberculosis. But apparently when she shot herself through the chest, it actually drained the tuberculosis. So, so she was better. So she got better for a while until mm. uh, she died in prison like a year later. Um, Great. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I always read that story. I'm like, fuck, that's dark. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's like as sad as Phil Hartman's story, like yeah. his end. Yeah. Jeez. So well, I that mean, sucks. Yeah. So Willis O'Brien got to survive that because he wasn't there at the time because his kids were living oh. with her. So he was away. Um, so, yep, he got to live with that for the rest of his days. And like, I mean, it sounded like his like yeah. the rest of his career was kind of compromised. Like he never got to do things that he, the way he wanted to. Like his yeah, involvement with that. like Son of Kong was like cut off at the knees. The whole mm-hmm. like the, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. The movie that he worked on prior to. King Kong that was like kind of a study for it a lot of the effects got repurposed for Kong um, and like I mean people always talk about Miriam C. Cooper in reference to the movie yep. but not uh, Willis O'Brien unless you're like a big effects person that gets into all that yep. um, one fun thing that I thought was uh, kind of I didn't even think of until afterwards but uh, a lot of the same sets and cast used for this film uh, would be used by co-director Ernest Shochak uh, for very near future criterion creep the most dangerous game really yeah is the most dangerous game kong uh nope <laughs> but it's on an island and so ah, and cool. some actor you'll see yeah so we'll be seeing a lot of this stuff again which will be fun to say hey i remember that vaguely now uh hmm, that'd be cool. two, yeah so neat so, Neat. Son of Kong, which was a yeah. uh, total cash in a mere like like five months later, I guess, because because uh, Kong was a huge yeah. hit, a, a smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did a boffo box office, and so they went, yeah, let's do its knockoff, a cheap knockoff. Do it again, Son of Kong. Do it again, exact same year. Yeah. We got that Carl Denham. Uh, so mm-hmm. same actor, still awful. Uh, <sighs> this time piece of he's shit. annoyed that people are suing him for bringing King Kong to New York and mayhem ensuing. Mm-hmm. He, he's not like, uh, he kind, I guess he kind of feels bad, but he kind, he kind of does, but like he goes and there's a scene right at the start where he goes and looks at like a poster of King Kong. Yeah. He's like, I sure am paying for it now. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not you're, like, you're, you're it's like, gun, you, you fuck. Yeah. Like you kidnapped and killed like. This like majestic creature that like will never live again. Yeah. And you're being sued by like twelve people and you're just yeah. like, Boy, it does sure suck to be me. All these Yeah, exactly. 
All these people are dead. They're all dead in yeah. my hands. And shrug. Oh well. Yeah. Why me? <laughs> Why? Yeah, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's just mad. Mm-hmm. He's just mad that he's getting sued mm-hmm. and like has no money now. So yeah, pretty much. Fuck, fuck Carl Denham, yeah. man. Yeah. So uh, he basically he feels the heat's too much in New York. He's like having to live sort of anonymously while people like yeah. knock at his door to get money out of him and complain to him. And he's just like, ah, mm-hmm. enough of this noise. And so. Uh, he boards a boat, uh, going nowhere in particular. He's going to go make some money abroad. That's his gimmick. Mm-hmm. And then maybe let wait till the the heat dies down. Um, so uh, he doesn't have a lot of success though on this trip. He winds right. up sort of like kind of in the same vicinity as old uh, uh, whatever it's called, Skull Island, <laughs> whatever they're <laughs> that island that you found Kong on. Um, mm-hmm. And but before we get to that part, uh, we get to see a, a show of uh, sagacious seals, dancing monkeys. Oh, yeah, those da- poor monkeys. Oh, those things. Um, those poor capuchins. I, I hope they were treated fairly. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. We get. We had a. We like. We actually get a dancing monkey interlude. Um. Mm-hmm. We get to see Carl Denham and his uh his captain. They kind of were watching this, and this captain wants nothing to do with this. Carl Denham's like really feeling it, and um, then we get to see mm-hmm. the singing woman um, who's there, stuck with her father, and her father dies in a tent fire. And mm. one of the, she knows the guy that he was playing cards with had like knocked him out and it caused the fire, and so mm-hmm. he's up to no good. He's a real heel. Um, and then they decide, hey. There's a bunch of treasure on this island, so they hear. And then Carl Denham's like, what treasure? Yeah. I didn't hear nothing about no treasure. So they take off to the island in search of treasure. And they meet up. It's like all the same setups. They meet the islanders there who are like, and the islanders are like, hey, what are you doing here? You can't land here. You got to go to the other side of the island. So, yeah. they, so they do. And then it turns out there's another giant gorilla. <laughs> uh, but he's like a, a white gorilla. And he's like in Congo. Yeah, and he's like half he's like half the size of Kong. Um, yeah. And he's and he's like even but he's even cuter. <laughs> yes. Um all I really like so my notes about this particular movie, uh I thought the like kind of the pitter patter chit chat style of screenwriting of the thirties was better here yeah. than I think in Kong. That was like the one thing yes. I'd say. Like I thought the characters were a bit more lively, a bit more like a bit more charming. Um then the first go around, so that's mm-hmm. something. Um, we don't get as many like breathtaking, amazing uh, spectacles, but we do get uh, yeah. a gorilla versus giant bear fight, which like oh, yeah. is like awesome. That bear mm-hmm. is so good. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for bears. I think they are <gasps> they are a magical. Is it because you are a bear? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Uh, not, okay. not those bears, RJ. Um, oh, she. So yeah, that, that that bear fight, the headlocks and stuff, I thought were super yeah. cool. I like that this like baby Kong. He's like way more mm-hmm. incompetent and bumbly and stuff. He actually is kind of like yeah. the abominable snowman from like the uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, stop motion yeah, animation. Kinda. He's got the same sort of facials yeah. and movements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, they befriend this Kong. He seems to be like a pal to people mm-hmm. and he wants to hang out with the humans. He thinks they're pretty cool and he's going to go, oh, it turns out like, oh yeah. So the lying Dutchman, uh, the guy who might have yeah. kind of killed the girl's uh, father, he was lying about the treasure, but it turns out there was treasure on the island after all. 
And so mm-hmm. they try to use Kong to like help them like steal these uh, jewels. These, these jewels. And then there's an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just like a big earthquake that like is so big that it just takes out the island. Um, it just like it, it 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 just destroys the entire island. It starts entirely mm-hmm. sinking. There's no like an answering of like, hey, what happened to all those islanders on this island? Um, I guess they're gone now too. It's not important. They not, were savages, anyways. That, that's right, RJ. You, you're getting the right lessons from these films. Yeah. Um, and so, at the end of the day, um, the the right people get their just desserts, but not Carl Denham, because <laughs> not Carl Denham. And you know what they do too? Spoiler. They fucking kill Baby Kong. Yeah, so Baby what, Kong. What so, kind of bullshit and, is and that? And not only that, but Baby Kong. So Baby Kong, uh, as the island is fast sinking into the ocean, uh, mm-hmm. Kong Kong is making his way up to the peak of the mountain as it's sinking, and he's climbing up there with Carl Denham in hand. And then the island's sinking and sinking, and the water is going up further and further mm-hmm. up Kong. And so Kong's like holding him up above his head so that he'll last long enough that he'll float above in his hand, and then the boat with everyone to rescue him will come and save old Carl Denham. And such, uh, bullshit. such bullshit, and Carl Denham lives to exploit another day, and and he gets the girl for being a piece of shit. It's, it's so stupid, like, <laughs> and yeah, the way they do that too is she's like, you know how he was gonna split it up in four ways? He's like, yeah, doll. He's like, what if you split it up in thirds instead? And then she like raises her eyebrows. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that ending. I was like, these motherfuckers had the balls to kill off baby kong yeah like heartless man like ugh, it was so stupid i I hated that yeah um i hated it jr so like yeah so son of kong is i thought it was okay for like a yeah. uh, for the era uh, yeah, I, I thought it was an enjoyable romp. Uh, it was a total yeah. cash in. There was like, like I said, I'm a sucker for that bear, that dancing mm-hmm. monkey scene. I love the editing of that, like, because it's just yeah. like the reaction of people like acting like they're really into it in like different ways, mm-hmm. like where they're being they're moved by it or like totally bored yeah. out of it or like charmed. Uh, I loved all that. I, I was annoyed that we did not get to see the sagacious seal. That that sucked. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, like the the writing of it's okay. It was just like, like a total generic kind of thing that mm-hmm. uh if it weren't a like if son of kong was not in the title of this i don't think anyone would give a crap about it yep but at the end of the day it's just like there mm-hmm. yeah. well that yeah and it's because like what you said this movie came out the same year as king kong mm-hmm. like they really rushed that out and like it showed like i'm i bet even people at the time were like yeah whatever <laughs> But I mean, like they had to because, like, with, at that point too, like once a movie left the theater, right? Like there was no no way of seeing it, it until until yeah. like, until it came back through town, like that, like a particular yeah. film reel. Like if it was like running working the Kansas territory, uh, you'd have to wait to like, oh, we'll see Kong again in like two years when it comes through. Yeah, so like I get why they were trying to strike while it's hot, but uh, you know it shows. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think this movie is like it's all right. There's some cool parts, but on the whole, it's just whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Baby Kong comes in at forty at the forty three minute mark of Mm sixty nine minutes. (laughs) So that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, (laughs) uh, What was I gonna say? Uh, There's a really sweet joke about Russian communists about like. Everyone's like standing around. He's like, I bet you want to get paid too now. Or he like said something about like how people just want to stand around and uh, get paid not to work. And I thought that was funny. Like a couple of Bolsheviks. A Bolsheviks. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, one thing I thought was crazy was that uh, in this movie has an opening credit where it gives like people their own title cards. Mm-hmm. And for Charlie, the cook, all it says is Chinese cook. Yep. Even though they address him in the movie as Charlie. Yep. And in the first one, it was Charlie the Chinaman. But in this one, like they call him Charlie, but he his like actual credit is just Chinese cook. So I was like, just like, damn. It's kind of like uh, doing a podcast on the fly. <laughs> Be like, yeah, like oh, we, cook. we don't have time to look it up. We'll just put Chinese cook. That's what he is, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the guy they got doing it that day. But it was like he was even in the first movie. Uh, I I don't know. That's not that's not something I'm yeah. mad about. I oh, was I just know. like I was like, huh, that's yep. fun. Yeah, I noticed so, that too. Yeah, Sungakon. You know, it's in the middle of the road. Yeah, it's just okay. It's I aye. mean, if you were like wanting to watch King Kong stuff, I think it's like better than some. <laughs> it is better than some, that's for true. So um, this is an interesting thing I was looking up around. So uh, over in Japan, King Kong was <gasps> quite popular. And you don't say. there were three like Japanese King Kong knockoffs that came out in the 30s. Um, and none of them exist. They were all lost films. Um, there's like only like a little bit of like, uh, like publicity that exists for any of these things. But yeah, yeah. apparently they were just like bombed out probably during uh, World War II. Um, huh. the, the Japanese are kind of like notorious for like having not stored their films very well for like a long period of time. And like all that stuff was being filmed on nitrate and would just explode in closets and just burst mm-hmm. into flames and it would be lost forever. And like apparently all three of these, uh, King Kong Japanese knockoffs got uh, blown up. So they are Dang. lost to time. But that didn't stop them from following through uh, when they had their, their own giant monster movies. Uh, those Godzilla mm-hmm. movies come along because the third film in the uh, Godzilla franchise is Godzilla versus King Kong. Dun, dun, dun. Um, which I did not rewatch in the last two weeks. Uh, I'd seen Me it. I'd seen it like a couple years ago when I was doing my uh, Godzilla marathon, uh, watching right. everything through over the course of like whatever it was a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And uh, I mean, I find that I found the movie, if I remember correctly, pretty skippable. Um, I don't know about these uh, these Godzilla movies sometimes. I love mm-hmm. the idea of these Godzilla movies, but there's so many human scenes. <laughs> it's always like, oh, yeah. I get it, but shut up. <laughs> and yeah. and the so, and the big yeah. and my biggest problem with I think King Kong versus Godzilla, um which uh carries over into King Kong Escapes, which I did watch because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that before, is English dub. Um, just kill, oh, kill, right. kills me dead. I hate English yeah. dubs so, so much. Um, like whatever, like seriousness that you could possibly bring to these movies. Uh, right. it just goes completely flat and it's just like, oh, this seems yeah. like a cheap knockoff rather than like a serious piece of movie. Even if you're making a King Kong movie or a Godzilla movie, I feel like, like watching stuff in the original language of subtitles is a much better mm-hmm. way to experience it. And unfortunately for uh, us in North America, King Kong versus Godzilla only exists um, on Blu-ray with the English dub. Um, Correct. And I vaguely remember just scenes of like, like Kong is just like the same size as Godzilla and right. they're, they're smashing up the same buildings that they're going to smash up for the Pagodas. rest of the Yep. Smash them up for the rest of time. Um yep. So, my memory of this, because I didn't watch this one either, but my memory was, I think, a lot, a little kinder than yours was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, 
most Godzilla movies that people stuff really bogs it down sometimes, especially in the next one. But uh, I I remember like I because I looked up like stills of it to try to refresh my memory and I was like, oh yeah, the fight was pretty fun and there yep. was some other cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean they fight and I mean I think it's famous now that it was supposed to be Frankenstein right. versus Godzilla and then or Frankenstein King Kong and then. It didn't work, so they put Godzilla in there, and that's why King Kong is like powered by electricity, because it was supposed to be Frankenstein, which is pretty neat, I guess. Yeah. If people want to know, yeah. but uh, no, yeah, that I don't think that movie's that bad. Um, it's better than again, it's better than some of the other ones in this Kong repertoire. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's so, yeah, King Kong goes kaiju, um, but mm-hmm. we both watched. King Kong Escapes from 1967. We sure did. Um, this is some real matinee fare. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know you know what I love seeing a 65-foot mechanical ape do, RJ? Uh, manual uh, labor. Assisting in mining for precious elements. <laughs> Ooh, precious elements. Mm-hmm. Unobtainium. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, my big note here. Nothing hurts these kaiju movies like English dubs. For me, oh yeah, um, and yeah. So these these uh, King Kong suits, they they are pretty manky. Uh, even like compared yeah. to like those like 1933 effects, which are like where at times it's like it's like rabbit fur and yeah. uh, like a, a guy's fingerprints literally imprinted into clay. Um, yeah. And it's like this thing is just like so shaky. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like the uh, there's like the scenes in this movie where uh, it's like what's the plot of this movie again? There's like a country, an evil country. Like you could say it's like a North Korea knockoff, but it's like well set yeah. in Japan. But there's like this other country that's evil, yeah. and that's like all you really need to know. And it's always referred mm-hmm. to as my country needs this because my country de- desires it. Like that's yeah. sort of justification. They just need this like super element that will help set them as, uh, is into a superpower. Um, the villain, mm-hmm. uh, did you catch his name of Dr. Who? Yeah. I, th- for some, for some reason I was trying to think of it. I, I thought it was Dr. Evil or something, but yeah. yeah, Dr. Who, who has the most wretched ass Hager teeth you will ever see. <laughs> Keep eyes peeled folks. But yeah. yes. Yeah. Dr. Who. Yeah. Isn't the lady like queen evil or something? She's got a dumb name too. Oh sure, yeah. There's something. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, there. I don't even. So the so the the mechanical ape breaks down, and uh, they're like, "Well, that sucks. We well, we better go get the real King Kong, kidnap him, mm-hmm. and get him to go and mine for the precious elements." Right. That's about it. Um, that is it. Yep. So uh, King Kong escapes sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dull. It's just mm-hmm. it's a slog. Um, I only have one note for this movie. Oh, what's that? Dropkick T Rex. Because <laughs> uh, I can't even remember now. Either the T Rex or Kong drop kicks the other one, and that was the only thing I thought was memorable enough to actually make a note of. Yeah, this one uh, kind of just played in the background for me. There is the yeah. bit where uh, Doctor Who just guns down a villager dude in cold blood. Like, he just shoots oh, yeah, him that dead. Was cool. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty hardcore. Uh, well, the, the guy's like, you can't take Kong. He's our god. And he's like, oh, yeah. Bang. <laughs> he, he just shoots him. But and it's not even done in this way where it's like showing off like, oh, he's so, such a badass. It's kind of just yeah. like uh, offhanded. It's like, man, yeah. that that's cold. 
And then, and then he has a set, he has a line too. He's like, "I own him now. He's mine." Mm. And then and then he like gets helicoptered away. Yeah, there's some little, fun. there's some pretty decent shots in this one though. Um, there's like the shot yeah. of him like walking down like the the, the dockway the, or the port, I guess. Uh, it's like pretty cool looking. Um, I right. I always love the those like um. Uh, Toho like water tanks that they have like where they have like this oh, like, yeah, whole yeah. like whole miniature city and then they just have this huge tank that's like it looks huge but it's like well no the actor is just an average sized man who's like in a suit and he has to jump into it now and walk around in <laughs> it like hip deep we have one of those here at my place oh yeah Sweet. nice where we do our own reenactments your own kaju films <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, big fans of the Rodan series so uh, me and Andrew do a lot of erotic Rodan Ooh, uh, there's this uh, modern movie that came out that's like kind of a uh, existential kaiju film called Big Man Japan. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you or not. It's like it's like uh, it's all CGI, but like kind of in this intentionally shitty way. Kind of like, do you remember that uh, Dreamcast game, uh, Sea Man, Sea Guy? What the hell is that called? Yeah, Sea Man. Sea Man. It kind of looks like that. Yeah. So it kind of like the the effects in Big Big Man Japan look kind of like Mm -hmm. that. Like everything's sort of like off and kind of yeah. Yeah. that off. sounds cool. It's all, it's kind of neat. It's just with this sad guy who's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to defend the city. But like he just turns into a giant uh, Japanese man in a uh, <laughs> Japanese underwear with a giant awesome. mohawk. And he has to fight these CGI monsters that he doesn't really want to fight. But he has to do it because it's like his father did it. And now he has to do mm-hmm. it. And But he's like this like, yeah, he's a sad bastard living in this like tiny little place. He's like living is kind of subsidized. Uh-huh. And people hate him yeah. because if it weren't for him, maybe there weren't be any monsters and stuff like that. It's pretty good. I, I dig that uh, much more than King Kong Escapes, which you can just skip it. Um, skip totally. It, it just just it doesn't live up to what you'd hope for. I mean, when you hear Mechanical yeah. Ape, you go yeah, but then it's like oh no. Yeah. Just just Google image Mecha King Kong, and then you'll get as much satisfaction of just looking at a picture than you would the entire movie. And you'll save the time as well. You'll save the time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of time, guess who's got to go to the bathroom? Okay, well then, uh, that's a perfect time to have a break. Uh, After Uh the break, we will jump into the 1970s and into Jeff Bridges' beard. Oh, yeah. Hey, I heard we're going to Ape Island. Yeah, to capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. It's 1976. The American merchant vessel Petrox Explorer has just set sail from the port of Surabaya in search of oil. What they find will shock the world. We may be sailing into the history books. She's alive! You know, maybe my luck has changed. They will discover an uncharted island that is the home the most incredible creature on the face of the earth. A creature called Kong. Dino De Laurentiis presents the most exciting original motion picture event of all time.
Kong. Fantastic adventure. experienced before. With Jeff Bridges, Charles Grodin, and introducing Jessica Lange as the beauty who charmed the beast. And starring the eighth wonder of the world, King Kong. And we're back, and we're continuing our Kong talk uh, with King Kong 1976, directed by, uh, well, produced by Dino De Laurentiis and directed by John Gillerman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that King Kong franchise, it had gone dormant in North America, and uh, Dino De Laurentiis smelled an opportunity to make a big Ooh. budget movie. And this is what he made. <laughs> um, he made a big something. Yeah. So this movie is definitely, uh, it's it's set in ni- the 1976. It's contemporary. Um, mm-hmm. Big Oil is all evil. And they they, they, <laughs> they, they, they have a nice score that they want to pick up on that they yeah. feel is on this island. Um, Jeff Bridges is a, uh, you know, an errant uh, university instructor from Harvard I think and uh, yep. he, he's a stowaway on the, uh, in this meeting about going to this island and he doesn't want these folks to go there because he studies primates and he's saying that like all this like off-gassing isn't from oil but it's from a giant ape that might exist mm-hmm. from mythology uh, it all it all makes no sense at all in the movie either but it's why yeah. we're here um and Charles Grodin, uh, who man, I I hate Charles Grodin. Is like I don't know. I think yeah. he's, I think he I, he's so bad as an actor. I don't know why he ever had much of a career. And he's like actively and stuff. And people like go, oh, I love Charles Grodin, but I just I find him he, he's like well cast here as like a piece of shit. But I feel like he's always a piece of shit. But it, in a way where mm. I'm like I don't like him. You don't have any affinity to uh, those Beethoven movies or no. the uh, um what is it uh. Not pro. What's that movie where Martin Short plays a little kid? Clifford. Clifford, yeah, he's in that movie. He right? He sure is, and I didn't that like movie it. Rules. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I never liked that Kim. I just I don't like him now. I, the closest to it would be um, he's in the Albert Brooks movie Real Life, uh, mm-hmm. and he's like fine in that. But I don't know. I always feel like you could put anyone else in it and it'd be better. But anyway, sure. so Charles Grodin, he's the bad guy. He's the evil mm-hmm. oil executive. Because it's the '70s sure and big business is bad and doesn't and they don't care about the environment. Um, so uh, same kind of setup is they're going on a ship and but this time they don't have a girl until later because they happen mm-hmm. to come across a wreck that uh, fine piece of ass Jessica Lang is on. <laughs> yeah, she looks good. Yep, sure does. <laughs> she looks good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's kind Not of like the way you put it. That's gross. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So she, um, 
don't know. She's kind of like a ditzy like party girl who's like she was on a boat that sank because uh, it was a party boat, and she's like the only person who survived. She seems perfectly okay with this. Yeah. Um, and so she just kind of tags along, and like the whole yeah. thing is like it's like oh we're a film crew we're going to this island, but they're because like they're trying to cover up the fact that they're trying to find oil so other oil, oil. companies don't find out about it. Um, they get to the island, same kind of plot beats. Um, there's vill- yep. there's villagers and they're doing some performance stuff in, in front of a giant gate, and then mm-hmm. they get seen, and then the villagers all go hey we want that blonde white woman, and uh, they're yeah. like no you can't trade for her. And uh, they go back to the boat, and sure enough, the islanders come, snag her to sacrifice her to Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and same plot beats, Kong shows up, uh, looking like a guy in a suit. <laughs> um, I and- thought he looked not bad, man. I thought he looked okay in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, we'll get to it. So the effects in this movie sure. are uh, Carlos Rambaldi. Um, uh, mm-hmm. who like we've brought up before on the creeps podcast uh who's mm-hmm. done some incredible work which i don't think this is uh in his best work at all even though he like won a bunch of awards for this one and people like still talk about it really ooh, highly ooh, ooh. uh i guess it's rick baker in the actual costume for a lot of this oh really yeah that's cool um and so i don't know it kind of follows from that point forward with kong with uh now Jessica Lang playing the Fay Ray character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some weird s- scenes of Kong playing with her boobs. Oh, and- yeah, <laughs> I, I like to call this one Sexy Kong because yeah. this is where you get him at his most sexual deviant. E- erotically like they, charged Kong. Yeah, they turned him into a full pervert in this one. Yeah. Like, for real. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of strange. Yeah, it is strange. I don't know why he would be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think gorillas are normally perverts. Mm-hmm. They should have got like a baboon or a chimp in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it, it plays out the same way. Like everything is sort of there mm-hmm. again. Uh, we got the tree scene where guys are falling to their death, but it doesn't look anywhere as good because they do like that really bad like overhead shot of guys falling down and disappearing as they yeah. get smaller. It looks like trash. Like it looks really bad even for like 1976, I think. Um, the whole like Kong, like whenever he's like against those like matte backgrounds and like walking around mm-hmm. in the environments, they don't look that great. Like it always just seems like a guy in a suit. Um in like the worst kind of way. Like, and I just like, this is like coming mm-hmm. off of watching like King Kong escapes where it is that, but it makes sense yeah. in like that sort of like type of movie in this, like this was like a big movie. Um, like this is like them trying to like make like a summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh man, like you watch jaws and you never think of these things at all. You just go, Holy shit. Jaws is terrifying. In this, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, this, this is quaint, isn't it? Um, so yeah, they chloroform old Kong and um, mm-hmm. they ship him back. But we actually get the whole, like, process of him being shipped back to America inside of the yeah. uh, oil tanker that's, like, emptied out for him. And yep. that's all very sad. And him, like, threatening to whole, mm-hmm. the whole to sink the whole goddamn thing. Um, and, then, like, but there's, like, definitely more of, like, a uh, relationship that you can kind of understand between Jessica Lang and uh, Kong here. And mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges feel like you actually get the sense that he actually feels pretty shitty about this because he actually yep. uh, has like you know worked with primates. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like the love interest there is supposed to be there, and it's like kind of like whatever. I, I don't really buy it at all. Sure. Um, but and so yeah, 
there's like a whole payoff thing where it's like, oh, she's going to come get shipped around because uh, Charles Grodin's like, this oil business, it's no good no more. I'm going to move on and we're going to, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to, we're just going to advertise. We're going to use Kong to help advertise our oil brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which like makes sense to me. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, this movie is not like network uh, for yeah. its uh, tackling of, uh, I don't know, satire in any way. So, anywho, um, I don't know. I get really. I thought that I was actually surprisingly moved in some ways by the end of this movie. I thought like yeah. everything with Kong in New York was like yeah. super effective. Like when he gets wheeled out and he's like put. They've put literally a crown on him and have branded him mm-hmm. as King Kong. That that shit is like pretty pretty amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I was like, man, it's like they're really like going for this like Christ-like imagery, this like crown of yep. thorns on this poor giant monster, and uh, mm-hmm. his whole escape is great. And people are, like kind of like not really, oh, is this part of the show? And like lines like, don't worry, yeah. those balls have been approved by the New York State, saying that they're unbreakable. <laughs> and then they just get torn shutter like a half second yeah. later, and it's like, oh, isn't that a burn on New York City? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, the movie just kind of trots along to its inevitable demise of Kong, and Kong gets fucked up. He gets torn apart by fucking gunfire. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, I was not, I wasn't expecting that because it, like, if that little stop motion animation that they do in 1933, it's pretty effective. He feels like he's kind of getting shot up and stuff like that. And it's like each pass of those planes just takes him down a little bit further in Mm -hmm. this. You have like sort of like two things happening that kind of like are really effective and also take you right the hell out in some ways. Like you get the really like, over the the green screened in like helicopter behind Kong that is so terribly oversized to this how the size of sure. Kong on the screen and it's like it's too big but then you get like those passes and you get like blood chunks just getting ripped out of him and you're like mm-hmm. what the fuck are they doing to him like, you're like oh my god and then at that point the like the 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 illusion works way more than it has for the rest of the movie. Right. Um, we were like, oh my God, they're killing him. Like he's going to die. And then like mm-hmm. him, like landing kind of like, so instead of the empire state building, they're on the world trade, one of the world trade centers. And he like yep. kind of half falls on the edge of it. And then he tips over and he falls all the way straight down. And yep. like, that's like, that stuff is like really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like, I was very like, I don't know, pretty indifferent to this movie up until the end. I think the like last, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes are very strong. Uh, but everything else up to that, le- up leading up to that point for like, even like for 70 standards of filmmaking, mm-hmm. this is kind of not so good in like the way that like, because uh, the same guy who directed this also directed Towering Inferno, which I've never seen, but I've heard people kind of like, I have an idea of how that movie plays out and it's probably very similar mm-hmm. to this. It probably looks like it's shot in the 70s, like wide angles mm-hmm. and uh, these casts and characters that you'll expect and, good screenplay writing and stuff like that, like good naturalistic dialogue between people. But I don't know, mm-hmm. there's something about it. Just like, I, I don't desire to watch this movie ever again, other than the okay. ending, which I thought was really good. Yeah. So I think we're at odds here because okay. I actually thought this was one of the better Kong movies, uh, like third or fourth, even like, I actually thought this one was really good. Um, I like you said I actually liked all the oil stuff like mm-hmm. I was like yeah contemporary 
makes sense. And then even like the ways that they were able to catch him and then like actually harbor him across the ship. Yeah. I thought it made way more sense. Like there's scenes where they're using all their oil drilling equipment to like set a trap. And I was like, yes, that is what they would do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then like um, Jeff Bridges is awesome. He goes full Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Lane is uh, super good looking. She's very nice. Uh, the only the only thing I didn't like was uh, like I mentioned before, uh, sexual pervert Kong because mm. they really make him a perv in this, and I don't know why. Um, but then, so I actually liked this one. I thought it was a good kind of like remake, and like they they kind of changed it to their own ways. But uh, the thing about this movie, and you kind of mentioned it, is this movie has like unexpected brutality in it. Yeah, and it comes out of fucking nowhere. So there's like a scene where in their version of like the T-Rex jaw scene, there's like this huge snake that comes up and he rips, rips it in half. And it's like, it's like the first scene you get with like actual violence and it is fucking brutal. Like he rips that snake in half and it looks like there's like real meat in there. Like they blew something up. That's, that's, uh, that's Carlos Rambaldi right there for you though. That's like when he's in his, uh, his plays world (laughs) is making Mm -hmm. things gruesome gruesome but yeah so like that scene was crazy and then like you said like at the end like i was actually really sad at the end of this one because Mm -hmm. like kong gets fucking obliterated by like bullets and you're just like holy shit like because you see like like you said chunks flying off of him those helicopters are hitting him with like whatever 50 caliber like shots he's just like blowing apart blow him up man um and then like uh the ending is really effective which i noticed uh old peter jackson stole where um the cameraman climb on top of kong's dead body i find that is really effective Mm -hmm. and then where it's just like the heartbeat and it's just like his face and he's just like dying you're yeah and the whole end of the movie plays with no music like it's like all very like quiet all of a sudden so, um, yeah, the ending is super strong, but I actually yeah. liked uh, the majority of the movie. Like, I thought the oil stuff was good. Uh, like you said, when they wheel them out, that's super fucking sad. Mm-hmm. And, like, but also, like, really clever the way they did that. Right. Um, no, I like this movie. Even the effects. Like, I thought the suit was fine. And uh, the effects and stuff, I thought it was all good. <laughs> so, I actually, I like this movie. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd say that at the end of the day, this is still probably like, I don't know, probably the second best King Kong movie ever. Yeah. It, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's up there. Like, Cause, cause there's some the, the bar, total stinkers. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's a bar yeah. that's like not that low. Or it's, it's pretty low. So, yeah. This, this no, definitely this is, is above it. I mean, like, yeah, like I said, like that yeah. whole ending is like super good. And, um, I don't know. Maybe I'd like it more a second time. Maybe because like also when you're watching Kong after Kong movie, it's kind of yeah. like, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could be persuaded yeah, it, to maybe watch this again, I guess, one day. But give it time when you're uh, wait till you're like um, Kong depraved. I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then watch it again. I bet it'll grow on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least uh, you won't have um, tainted the ending by watching King Kong lives right after. And just ruining <laughs> any enjoyment you've taken from this one. So um, before King Kong Lives came out, uh, Japan further explored its love of uh, King Kong and all things Kong by releasing a video game called Donkey Kong. Ah, yes. yes. This is very true. Yeah. Donkey Kong. And then, uh, They tried to sue them and they lost. Yes, Universal Studios uh, did attempt to sue them saying, 
hey, you can't yeah. call it that. It's going to infringe on our copyright. And uh, this is all documented on a Wikipedia page. Uh, something mm-hmm. Universal Studios versus Nintendo. Uh, Universal lost. There's like a there's there's actually quite a like a lot of court cases around Kong because of McMurray yeah. and C. Cooper said he owned him and RKO owned it. But then RKO is like bounced around a bunch. The rights went to yeah. Universal. And now they're like it's all Warner Brothers now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's like a weird thing. There's like Mighty Joe Young that's like in there too somewhere uh, well, i'll be talking about that mighty joe young later oh, okay. don't, don't, don't you worry about okay. that we'll, we'll see that till uh yeah. the, the end i guess the end um, for, the, for the knockoffs so yeah anyway so yeah there's donkey kong you check out that uh king of kong uh documentary if you want to yes. catch up on all that um mm-hmm. and then so yeah king kong lives from 1986 dino <laughs> dolorentis he's like you know that king kong movie that made me a lot of money i think the mm-hmm. time's right to bring back king kong but Arpadino asks the world, how do you bring back King Kong? He's dead. You shot the fuck out of him and he fell hundreds Mm -hmm. of feet to the ground. Well, turns out, folks, that Kong was only in a coma for, for the last 10 years. Only and, and the and the only thing that they've had to do is they've kept him on life support because his heart gave out. I, I'm assuming that means because his heart broke, <laughs> and, uh, and so they had to build him a new heart. And so, yeah. RJ, we get this like absolutely amazing animal surgery sequence because what uh-huh. happens is the thing that's been holding them back this whole time is that the blood of Kong is no good. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, where are we going to get more Kong blood? Well, on cue, uh, a guy just happens to come across a lady Kong at just yep. the right moment. And they uh, just like knock her out with like um, knockout spears stuff <laughs> they just knock her out and they they haul her back to america so we get this amazing like blood transfusion scene between giant kongs in like oversized like medical surgery room uh we get it yep. we get it we get a giant iv bag with giant kong sized like tubing <sighs> and giant oh dude i loved it i like fuck this, <sighs> the, the surgery scene of like you have like all these people in like surgery scrubs using like gigantic surgery equipment to like crack open kong's chest <laughs> like oh, oh fuck i was just like what in the world like this is so and, and, and this is the thing though they're playing it completely straight which oh, yeah which i yeah. think is like the only reason why it's like palatable to me is that mm-hmm. it's like it's total it's camp, but like they don't, they didn't know it was camp. Like they were like, yeah, we have all these big ideas for how we're going to do this. Cause the same director's back, yeah. old John Guillerman. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we're going to have a, just like, it's going to be like, it's, it's going to hit home, I think. We're going to have this surgery scene of saving Hulk Kong and like lowering the giant, like mechanical plastic card into his chest. Uh huh. Oh man. And then yeah, the, uh, the whole time I watched that, I, all I could think of was like, it's like they couldn't make these movies any sadder. You already feel so bad for Kong getting like kidnapped and murdered over and over again. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what we should do in the next movie? We should have an entire hour of like uh, animal captivity and surgery and animal testing. And like, you know, let's just chain them up and show how miserable they are being chained up and tested on and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great idea for a fun movie for the kids? <laughs> for RJ? <laughs> Yeah, well, for anybody, like, I, I don't know who this that, movie was that, made for. Oh boy. Yeah, we'll get there. So, yeah, the surgery scene, like, it's not that long, but there's a lot of, like, animal captivity stuff. You don't get a lot of, like, you don't get any oh, of the, yeah. you don't get any of the fun adventure stuff that Kong movies generally.
currently have. Um, mm-hmm. No, you just get like oh hormonal rage outs from the Kongs because they they can smell each other and they know that there's another Kong nearby and they start like getting horny and they want to like bang each other. Um, yeah, sexual pervert Kong. Yeah, he's back, baby. But now he's got a, a real yeah. mate that he can put his junk into. Um, yeah, so where does this movie go? Oh, yeah, the Kongs act Nobody up. Knows. They, they all act up. They escape. They're on the run. The mm-hmm. the, the, the government, because that's like the big thing in the 80s, is like they always like the uh, army. They're always like foolishly getting things. There's always like a, a hothead army yeah. guy who really takes it personally. Mm-hmm. Um we get, but of course, it's like uh, there's also this thing where it's like Kongomania has hit because everyone's like super excited about Kong, and yeah. uh, like everyone's like well, Kongomania has struck America because they're all like super excited about Kong surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Kong and his lady they go oh, they go have a romantic uh, interlude at the same time as the two humans uh, played one played by Linda Hamilton. Um, yeah, they, Sarah they, Connor yeah, herself. Yeah, they have their own romantic interlude because we always have to have uh, of course people the the, the two uh, hetero people get, get together. Um, and there's just scenes of like people getting tied, like all these like giant gorillas like being like locked up into like silos into like rooms mm-hmm. and chained up. Like that seems to be like like thirty percent of this running time, maybe more than that. Um, yeah. we get Kong running through like kind of a, like a small town for a little bit and people are like, Oh shit, it's Kong. Holy fuck. And they run away and it's like supposed to be cute and charming in that like way that eighties movies were. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a note that I don't remember where, exactly where it comes from. Definitely don't see men getting kicked in the back of the head enough. Um, at some point I think uh, like some uh, guy just gets kicked in the back of the head while he's driving so they could like take the car oh, back from him I think and I was like okay. whoa it's like yeah you don't see that too much uh, yeah but uh, sort of like martial arts movies sure um, boy what else can I say so the end of this fucking movie um, <laughs> so of, yeah. of course like it's obvious that like to anyone paying attention to like anything that female Kong got knocked up and she's now pregnant with baby Kong and yep. um, so Kong saves baby, Kong, saves Mama Kong, and they go find a barn, a manger of some sort. And, uh, and so she delivers uh, baby Kong into the world while Kong makes his last stand once again against uh, uh, America. And he gets just like shot to death again. Again. All, all over again. He gets gunned down, saving baby Kong, letting baby Kong live another day. Mama Kong mm-hmm. delivers the baby, but not before Kong can like look on his son. And this like so baby, well, so baby, yeah. so baby Kong, baby Kong has just um, just like has emerged from Mama Kong's vagina, like fully intact, like uh, just like yeah. fully grown, like, like not fully grown, but like it's, it's a guy, it's like an adult gorilla. Yeah, it's an adult gorilla walking around, no like embryonic fluid, no like <laughs> tissue, no matter, just like out walking around and it's like, Oh, there he is on her, on her belly. Now he's just hanging out there and Kong gets to see it. And it's like, yeah. Oh fuck, man. This movie's got filled. So uh, filled with so many like longing gazes between these goddamn Mm -hmm. uh, men in gorilla suits. And it's, like I said, it's played totally straight. Um, like it's not like, it's it's not aware of like how idiotic it all is. Um, it's it's beautiful. Jared love is beautiful. Yeah. It sure is. So yeah, this movie is crap, but uh, I enjoyed watching it. Is what I'm getting um, at. 
I did not enjoy watching this movie at all. This is the worst King Kong movie that there ever was. I have nothing to say about it, except uh, they made King Kong even bigger pervert. There's a quote, (laughs) bedroom eyes. Oh, actually, that's not him. There's a girl or like a girl and a guy on a couch getting down. And the guy looks at the girl and he says something like, he's like, you're giving me those bedroom eyes. And then he like raises his eyebrows a little bit. And King Kong's like looking at them through the window. Yeah. And it's just like, like, who came up with that fucking scene? Like, you couldn't make like, like all these movies already have like weird sexual things things and it's like it's like you know what what a real peep and tom kong would be like he would be checking out them bedroom eyes babies mm. mm-hmm. so uh yeah this movie sucks i hated it <laughs> i i uh full disclosure like 20 minutes in i was like fuck it and i, I think i just played zelda on the uh, gamepad while this movie was playing out so oh you didn't even watch it <laughs> I watched I watched enough man. I saw the scene I saw enough of this movie. I watched most of it to be honest, but uh yeah, I thought this movie blew. So <laughs> I, I don't care. That's my hot I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to uh defend this one um you, you too can't. much. I don't know. Yeah. It's no other than like the, the scenes I already talked about which like yeah. I think are like they have to be seen to be to be believed cuz like they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Um there's also the scene mm. where he gets like uh Kong, he's like being hunted by like hillbillies. <laughs> Like yeah. the, the, the hills, we're gonna get ourselves a Kong, put them on the hood of our car. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we all know what's gonna happen to these guys. Like they're dead. And sure it's enough, they, they actually do. They do get Kong in a valley pass that they happen to track him to, and they like oh, di- yeah. dynamite him and they bury him up to his neck in rubble. And then we get like scenes where he's yeah. like putting like the the hot branch up to his face and like burning like a cigarette butt onto him. And there's like oh. the one guy's like, no, you can't do that to Kong because uh, he starts like having a yeah. change of heart because he's like this is mean and then the other guy's like oh, we don't care <laughs> and then of course Kong just like busts out of the rocks and like just like fucking just wastes like rocks everywhere and like like half of them are dead and then he yeah. just like winds up uh, eating one dude and breaking him in half and mm-hmm. it's like yeah they, they had it coming but it's it's so like there's no like yeah. you don't feel it like it's just kind of like alright we don't we don't know Kong's like really not in trouble here right like he's going yeah. to dispose of the hillbillies but it's just like we hate like this movie like obviously it's like oh we hate the we hate hillbillies in the south so mm-hmm. we're going to kill them yeah, and they have that classic line too. It's like we gotta teach this boy here some learning respect. Yeah, it's right. It's like it's like we gotta teach him some respect to his elders, and it's like what? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, this movie blows. Uh, it's well. We'll let, the, we'll let the listeners decide based on yeah. my enthusiasm please, for this. Please let us know uh, what you prefer: King Kong Lives or any of the other King Kongs. Mm. You you email in. You tell us your favorite Kong movie. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't watch this because I just is like I didn't yep. want to do it. I've seen it before, and that is Peter Jackson's King Kong. PJ, Ooh. but RJ, you you did watch this again. I'm dedicated, man. Yeah. I watch this fucker. So uh, lay it out for me. I, I have. So the thing with this movie is I've never actually watched it start to finish. Oh. I never saw it in theaters. Yep. Uh, and then when I did watch it, uh, it was only ever in chunks when it was playing on TV. Yep. So I, I like clicked to it and then I'd watch like some action scenes and I'm like, all right. And then we'd go to boring stuff and then I would just go to a different channel. This was back when cable was still a thing. So I would like flip around and because it was a four hour movie, I just kind of came in and out and in and out. So I had never actually seen it start to finish. I'd seen lots of it. 
or all of it basically, but just never like that. So I gave it a, a good honest watch. Okay. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's indulgent. It's a little <laughs> self-righteous at points. What do you uh, mean? What, what do you mean it's self-righteous? Well, Peter Jackson, like, I feel like what he thinks he's trying to show is like, not like a tribute, but like he's trying to honor it. But at the same time, some of the stuff he's doing is a little pretentious. Uh, so like, as you mentioned earlier, I don't know, like, so there are things I actually do like where they're filming a movie and then the scenes they film are like scenes that actually happened in the King Kong movie, mm-hmm. like in the first one. And I was like, oh yeah, that's neat. But then there's other stuff that happens and you're just like, oh, okay. Like he kind of like ha- takes his own liberties with like what he thinks the way he thinks things should play out Mm -hmm. his savages are a lot dirtier than the other ones but uh i can't even i didn't write it down i can't think of an example i just know that's what i was thinking um there was one thing i thought was really dumb which is uh, he does a lot of these like kind of like slow-mo scenes and i don't know why he does it but so like this was the first movie i actually noticed them call it skull island and uh, our listener buddy a uh, friend of the show oliver granger mm-hmm. he he commented that uh because when i logged this movie i was like one thing i think this movie does really well or did good did good one thing I think this movie did well was they actually looked up what a fucking gorilla looks like because mm-hmm. King Kong in this movie is actually a fucking gorilla. Yes. He, uh, he, he walks like yeah. a, he looks like a gorilla. He walks like a gorilla and he acts like a gorilla. He's a gorilla. Yes. Like every other movie is just like a guy who's walking upright just on two feet all the time. That's every other movie. So I I appreciated this one at least for having a real gorilla. And I, I said that on Letterboxd and a friend Oliver Granger mentioned that uh, – his retort i guess not really a retort but his comment back was um he's like yeah and peter jackson was really good at showing how people use typewriters because there's a moment when adrian brody's like writing the script and it goes into slow motion he's like and we're going to and then it's like like wavy slow it's like s k u l L and it's like all in slow motion and it's like with like panning circular like zoom ins on like everybody's faces and it's like really weird and you're like why did you do that man like and he does it a couple other times where it's like these weird slow-mo scenes and that's kind of the stuff like I don't like it's just like I don't I don't even know how to describe it like I said like indulgent self-righteous but it's just like I don't really know what he was going for like does he like that stuff Cause that wasn't in the real, like the first Kong. Like, I don't know why he like thought it was necessary to use these like ma- like mass slow-mo scenes. Um, Drama. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't think this movie was that bad. Yeah. It is absolutely too long. Uh, well, it does cause drag. There's, there's, Cause there's like the two cuts. There's the theatrical version. And then there's the extended I cut. The extended cut. And that's like I think that's actually isn't it only like three hours and twenty minutes? But it seems like yeah. a certain some certain podcast keeps saying it's four hours, and everyone just says yeah. Every, every, <laughs> everyone says four hours, but it, yeah, it's only like three twenty. And like me sitting at home, it wasn't that bad. But like if I was in a theater watching it, it would definitely be too long. Even if it wasn't the extended cut, if it was like say two forty or something, well, it's yeah. too long. And this is like just sort because, of like his like post Lord of the Rings like super yeah. indulgent uh, extended cuts of like return of the king that never ends yeah i once tried watching that extended cut of return of the king for two weeks 
every night for two weeks and I kept falling asleep because I couldn't watch it. Yeah. So, uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's just, it's long and there are certain parts where you're just like, oh man, you don't need this stuff. Like just cut it. Like there's scenes where like, uh, you got Kyle Chandler, who's like the, the movie heartthrob. Like he's like really like hamming it up and like looking in mirrors and stuff like that. It's like, you don't need any of that stuff. Just fucking cut it. Yeah. Like, I, I know you're building characters, but, like, it's a B character who's, like, not important to the movie at all. So, like, I don't know. But um, it looks, like, it, it still looks all right. The CGI is good. Uh, I like that it is a real gorilla. Mm-hmm. It's okay. One thing I thought was good, actually, was um they actually show, like, the skeletons of old tributes given to Kong. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool because it was always, like, what does he do with these ladies? And in those ones, it was just like, I think they just died out because he just wanted a friend. Uh, so, um, no, yeah, PJ's Kong, it's all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, like, all I remember from it really was that, like, I remember Jack Black being, like, really not that good. That's a huge miscast. He is yeah. not, like, as we talked about, Carl Denham is just a miserable, miserable piece of shit. Yo. And no one's ever said that about Jack Black. So, yeah, that's yeah. Get to have like perhaps a uh, John Goodman. <laughs> John Good. Oh, get Toby. Get Toby Keeble from uh, the new one. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. Just miscast for Jack Black, but it's all right. Yeah. It's worth watching once for sure. Yeah. So I did that, and I was kind of like, I don't remember anything about it at all. I, I would. I, 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 yeah, I'll just watch the thirty-three version. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And then, so now we move to the future, to to the now, to the now. Yes. Yeah. Because that's all I want to talk about. PJs. There's nothing left yeah. to say. So this is like you know two weeks after the fact, basically now. Yeah. Um, Still. And uh, so this is this is like a hot take now cooled. Um, so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're talking about Kong Skull Island from this year, 2017. We saw this right. bad boy together at the theater. Sure did. Um, it's been you know like ten days or whatever since we saw it, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really fading from memory rapidly. Yeah. Um, let's see. It definitely made me like uh, Godzilla more. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I that Gareth Edwards Godzilla. I I've been saying this from the start. I didn't think it was that bad a movie. There's a lot of people who really hate it. I thought it was good. So and then watching this one, I. I think it solidifies my opinions. I I do think that one Godzilla is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna watch that fucker again, no problem. Okay, so Kong Skull Island. Um, the the plot of this movie, uh, it is a period piece set in 1973. Um, America is pulling out of Vietnam. Um, Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson is a uh, army dude who, who uh doesn't doesn't want to leave but that's what orders say um a u.s senator uh he's been kind of talked into uh a mission using U- u.s resources to mm-hmm. go do an exploration of an island that uh is, has been suggested by john goodman uh mm-hmm. playing himself i guess um, yep. <laughs> uh he's this he's a monster hunter who has a company that he's started called monarch 
mm-hmm. and I guess like his family was killed by a monster attack and he's been trying to prove that monsters yep. exist and so he's got these coordinates that say that this Kong Skull Island underneath it is some hollow earth and they think that there's got to be monsters there and so he has this whole idea that oh actually it's a geographically interesting or geologically interesting place so the American government should invest in looking in this place before the communists yeah. get there um yeah. so that's sort of the setup um oh tom hilston he's hired on as a tracker and brie larson is hired on as a photographer mm-hmm. um they go to the island with like 16 helicopters to like drop seismic bombs onto the island to get readings mm-hmm. um and then king kong shows up he just yeah sh- so he shows up quite quickly. Right away. And uh, he just starts smashing these helicopters out of the sky. Uh, it's almost like comical, the number of like helicopters mm-hmm. there are all of a sudden that are just there so he can just swap them away. Um, yeah. And then, so the, the, this mission is now a disaster, and now it's a more of a getting off the island as quickly as possible, which is about it. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, Samuel Jackson doesn't take too kindly to this like giant monster killing all his men. <laughs> And so yeah. he's he's gonna take it out on this goddamn monster gorilla, um, and mm-hmm. so the yeah. So anyway, the two parties they go on their own way until they reconvene, and then there's action scenes. Um, John C. Riley is in this movie. He's a shining and, light, and is the shining light the only thing really worth recommending? I think about this movie. Yeah, because uh, he. Get, I I think at this point, uh, you can tell from like the way his character was written that I think he ad libbed a lot of stuff. And oh yeah, he he was allowed sure. to do whatever he kind of wanted to do because people realize he should be allowed to do that because he's that good. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else though, I think we're really shackled to some bullshit typical uh, 2017 action movie screenplay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, stuff just keeps going on. Uh, we're, we grow more and more, I guess, like, again, we care about Kong more than anybody else in the movie, theoretically. Right. Um, and then there's action scenes. There's, like, giant lizard monsters that live under this island, and Kong eats them before they get too mm-hmm. big for him to deal with. Um, anyway, so Kong Skull Island, my thoughts on this movie were very uh, black. Um, this movie just, I don't know. So many choices. So first of all, so it's set in 1973, which I watched King Kong from 1976. And that Mm -hmm. movie definitely is set in 1976 in the way that it looks, the way the actors look, the way they are dressed, um, the style of filmmaking. Everything dictates, hey, this movie is 1976. Kong Skull Island is this weird like idea that some people have of what the 70s were like. And this is indicated by using really popular, obvious, cliched music from the 1970s. And it's just like dressed all over top of it. Um, And then we get these like really like bring attention to yourself, like fonts and like title drops over this action. So it's like, hey, we're going to use like a Japanese style font here. (laughs) And it's just like, why? Why is this here? This is like Asian font to say that we're in Saigon Mm -hmm. or whatever the hell. Um... And like the whole thing though, it's like, you think that the, if you were going to like make this period piece, you'd have a whole attention to detail thing. And like Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, they don't really come off as particularly like seventies ish. Like their, their, their makeup, their hair, nothing about them says, Hey, these characters are from the seventies. Uh, and it's just like, they, weird, it's weird little things that you're 
brain yeah. maybe just tells you it's like off and you don't really think of it about it till later. But mm-hmm. I don't know. This movie just was annoying me with like the, the whole conceit that it's set in the seventies. Um, Cause I guess that when they're making inevitably their uh, King Kong versus Godzilla movie, uh, it's going to be set like 30 years in the now. And uh, mm-hmm. it'll be like, cause now Kong can be bigger. Cause they said they make yep. some throwaway comment about how Kong isn't fully grown yet. And so, I mean, that'll give him long more time to grow bigger on the Island before he needs to come to wherever he needs to, to go fight Godzilla. <laughs> Well, new Godzilla is like 500 feet right. tall. So yeah. this Kong is still like, I don't know, maybe what, like a hundred, mm-hmm. which is like no match for like the new Godzilla they made is a fucking like beast. Mm-hmm. So like they need something as big, but yeah, I think that that's the only reason they made this a period piece pretty well. Yeah. Oh, and so this Kong is also, uh, they, they have abandoned a real like gorilla look and they've gone back yep. to just a guy walking around. Uh, but it's like, but it's not a man in a suit. It's like, it's yeah. li- they've just literally made him like, just King a, Kong is a like, person. it's like person walking around and he's yeah. just big and furry. And, um, so I'm of, I've heard a few opinions since we watched this, because I think the first thing I said to you, well, it's just like when we got out of it was that exact comment. I was just like, I was like, gorillas don't do that. They don't just walk on their back legs all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're fat, they're fat, lazy fuckers with huge pot bellies. They're, and they walk yeah, like they're, they're chest heavy. Like they're, yeah. And they, they, cause all they do is sit around all day eating leaves and bamboo or mm-hmm. like leaves and shit. And they walk around on their like forearms and stuff like that. And that's why I actually like the Peter Jackson one mm-hmm. is because it was like, hey, they actually found a fucking gorilla. And so since then, I've heard this rebuttal about how like Kong isn't actually a gorilla. It's he's a monster. Yeah. And so he shouldn't look like a gorilla, which I think is yeah. it's a pretty thin line. Like I think in the original King Kong, he's a gorilla. Uh huh. There's no doubt. Like, he's a giant gorilla. He's kind of a monster, but he's a gorilla. So, right. like, I think that's probably – that's how I would do it if it was me. But um, I get it, I guess. But I don't really like it that they just kind of made it, mm. like, what, whatever. Yeah. Um, I prefer the gorilla Yeah, is my point, I guess. Okay, sure. Um, I guess yeah. my, my last few things I'll say about Kong Skull Island, uh, which, yeah. yeah, like I said, I didn't like it at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um is the 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 the, the sound of uh, the uh, keyboard being typed upon as I heard some of the dialogue being delivered? Yeah. Um, yep. Lines like with that uh, old Tom uh, looking out at the aurora borealis lights with Brie Larson and <laughs> making the comment, "Why are the most dangerous places often the most beautiful?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, no one has ever, mm-hmm. no, no one talks like this outside of like shitty movies. And um, there's like another scene where like, he, like Tom Hilson, he's the tracker, so he's just like privy to information that like no one else is, so he can just say things that are convenient to moving the plot forward. Like just saying, like they're, they're they have no idea where they're going, and they're like looking for yeah. the one lost soldier, your favorite guy, um, who just mm-hmm. who exists as sort of the. Uh, a thing to get people to that position um and he's just like well he's he's like we have to get to him oh he's six miles that way and he just like pulls this number out of his ass like he wouldn't possibly know that but he just says that and you're like okay 
and it, not even he doesn't. That's actually not even the point where he points. He just says it out loud, and then like oh, later, yeah. and then later on, there's a part where they're trying to like get the like the scientist nerds or whatever to the to the boat before them because they have to double back to save Kong, and they're like, you just have mm-hmm. to go that way, and like it's just a hilarious shot of like Tom Hiddleston just like looking at the camera and just like he move, he puts his hand toward the camera and says, oh, it's just that way, but it's just like so yeah. vague and it's like yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter because it's like it's an it's a popcorn blockbuster movie but Mm -hmm. it's like it's just shit and nonetheless like i don't i don't have to accept this just because it's this type of movie um and then oh there's like the one line too where it's like the uh the uh the asian seismologist she says something about like the the, (laughs) these these seismological readings they're extraordinary or something like that and it's just like oh no one says this no one talks like that they didn't even take the time to just google like a phrase for like seismology or anything and she's like these seismological readings are incredible yeah and it's just like a pause and it's like what do you mean incredible like they couldn't even look up like if too high was a thing or too low was a thing because like she could have said that well i guess it's the whole thing like (laughs) building the suspense of why they're really on the island and the fact that it's a hollow earth underneath yeah but (sighs) stupid so is that your take on skull island yeah it's pretty bad so Okay, so for me, I was exactly the same as you were coming out of it. Since then, I think I've, like, I don't know if it's just because of, like, other people, like, talking about how much, quote-unquote, fun it is. It's, (laughs) like, it's kind of, like, warmed on me a little bit, but I still don't think it's a good movie, like, by any rights. Like, like I said, that Godzilla movie, I actually like that movie. I think it's good. This one I don't think is good. Um, I like all the monster stuff. Like, obviously, I, I like that. It's, it's super cool. The problem with this movie and the problem with Warner Brothers in general is they can't find a fucking screenwriter worth any like worth anything at all. Like they they put dump all this money into huge celebrities. Like they got fucking Sam L. Jackson, Brie Larson, John C. Riley, John Goodman. But they couldn't hire a decent fucking screenwriter. And so like, I, I looked it up. This movie has four writing credits, Jared. Mm-hmm. Four people wrote this movie. Movie, And a lot of them like are attached to actually decent movie, or, like, movies. Like the guy who wrote uh, Nightcrawler uh, yeah. has like the, the main writing part on this. So it's like, well, Nightcrawler is an awesome movie. And they all had a part of like Real Steel and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I thought Real Steel was okay. But they also have bad movies too. And it's just like four fucking people wrote this movie. And just like all the characters suck. And the writing is just like, yeah, like you, if you're going to go see this, you're probably, you probably don't care a whole lot about like a really like, you know, deep plot and stuff. And like, that's the, I think what it is, is the Godzilla movie came out and people had a, a big problem with like, it was very like, like somber and they were trying to like make metaphors for like these deep things and people didn't like it they're like show us fucking godzilla tearing shit up and like that's all they heard for the last three years so they're like all right well we'll make this king kong movie and we'll just show him tearing shit up and we'll make the plot fucking irrelevant like which like i don't know I get it, I guess. Like, maybe they were trying to make a B movie, but I, I, I feel like the, that's uh, what it is. The biggest talking point with the the previous that Godzilla movie was Brian Cranston was killed in like the first half hour. This is bullshit. And that's all I've still heard. Like, I think in the theater that we were sitting in, yeah. there's people saying, oh, they killed Brian Cranston. I'm like, holy fuck, I don't even remember that. Who cares? That's 
that that's just the movie. Fucking get over it. Yeah. Like it's fine. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I I think I do think. I mean, if you just want mindless stuff, it's fine. But uh, I don't know. I just I don't like the writing. I feel like Warner Brothers just hires really bad screenwriters for some reason. I don't get it. Yeah, they're I don't know. It, Seems like they've been. They're always in a rut. They're always chasing their tail. They're they're never getting hits, yeah. and it pisses me off. Why why is it so hard it's, to make movies, RJ? It shouldn't be. No. Just hire a, a decent. Like that's what I mean. They had like a decent director. Uh, they had a really good cast, and all they were missing was someone to fucking write the movie. That's it. Yeah. Maybe it's because they split it up between four fucking people. Oh, that's another stupid thing in this movie. The whole thing with like finding the. Uh, uh, the dog chain of like the dead the dead soldier after like they find oh, him in the, yeah. in the, the field of bones and whatever yeah. and then like we have to get my man actually your man's dead here is his dog tag yeah and it's just like you should have did that like 20 minutes ago, ago dude and then oh yeah and then there's that scene with Tom Hiddleston with the gas mask he's like give me oh, your sword sh- but yeah. he just he just takes John C. Riley's only fucking weapon to defend himself yeah. to so, do like well, nothing because oh, some asshole thought oh man it would be so badass to have him running through this like gassy like King Kong grave and he's wearing a gas mask yeah. with a Japanese sword wouldn't that be so cool and it's just like so cool. it's so try hard it's like what I mm-hmm. imagine that movie Sucker Punch is like watching just trying you so never hard seen that? No. Okay, well, one day I'll make you watch that. But Nope. <laughs> but for now, yes, yeah, Skull Island, meh. 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 Yeah. Um, so, Mighty Joe Young. Hey, Jared, do you know what the best King Kong movie is? It isn't King My- Kong? Mighty Joe Young is the best King Kong movie. Whoa. Absolutely. Because it, I- it doesn't have Carl Denham in it? Uh, it has actually the actor who played Carl Denham is in this movie, right? As the Carl Denham type. Uh, no. Um, so after all these Kong movies, I watched Mighty Joe Young, yeah, and it absolutely just fucking like it dazzled me. Huh. To, I I thought it was fucking great. Um, it's better than King Kong, I think. Uh, all it has Ray Harryhausen mm-hmm. doing that animation, so everything it looks fucking great. Uh, I thought the story was uh, better. Um, I liked it a lot more, and I just think it's a better movie. Like, um, I could go into like specific details, but I honestly, I just I think Mighty Joe Young is like out of all of these things because it's kind of a rip off. Like they even do a thing later in the movie where there's like a stage show with Joe. Uh, like the gorilla and um, they're actually like using scenes from King, the King Kong movie as like the stage show. Yeah. So like just really briefly, like mighty Joe young is about an actual gorilla from Africa yeah. and a lady, like a, like a little girl who takes him in as a baby and raises him. And so it's just like the girl and mighty Joe young and they like go to Hollywood basically. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I thought mighty Joe young was fucking fantastic. Like I think everybody should watch that. Watch King Kong first, and then if you're interested at at all, you can watch a couple of the sequels, like two, maybe 76 King Kong, and then like maybe one other one, like King Kong versus Godzilla or something, and then watch Mighty Joe Young. Did you ever watch the uh, 1998 remake of sorts? With Charlize Theron? And Bill Paxton? Uh, Oh, that fucker. Um, I think I've seen it, but uh, I... I don't remember it at all. Letterbox says you have. 
Okay, well, I had enough confidence to say I had watched it. I I think that's like a movie my um grandparents had, like mm-hmm. drop, but uh, the one with the Bill Murray with the elephant. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, Where they Operation like Dumbo Drop. Is that the one with Bill Murray? I uh, no, or maybe that's not with Bill Murray. Bigger Can than you look li- it up? Bigger than life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So like my my grandparents had like a lot of movies like that with like buddy cop person animal movies just like turner and hooch which i've already said is like one of my favorite movies but yeah so i know they had mighty joe young and i'm pretty sure i've seen it but i don't remember it at all huh but uh no yeah i thought this movie is fucking amazing man like i'm overselling it now but i think i think everyone should watch it like you yeah. should watch it yeah i didn't realize you had uh rated it so highly i i think i totally missed on that i thought it was great hmm. i loved it Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd heard it was good, but I didn't think it was that good, as you're telling me here. It's that good, man. It's that good. The Everything about it is good. There was almost nothing I didn't like. The only scenes that I didn't like, and this is just my personal gripe, uh, which is old hat by now, but and I know everyone's sick of it, but there's scenes where there's real lions in it, and yep. they're getting tossed around, mm. like... Because there's scenes where Joe is fighting like lions, and so it's kind of it's it's really good effect where they mix like stop motion, where like a stop motion lion will jump on Joe, and he'll like grab it and throw it, and then in the next scene you see the lion land, but it's a real fucking lion, and I was just like, oh, I was like, that's a little gross, but uh, no, they they did it. I think they actually did a really good job to like try to keep that stuff minimal, like use the real lions scarcely, and then. Uh, I don't know, man. It was wicked. I really liked it. And you feel like you feel super sad in the same way that you do with the King Kong because and you actually like sympathize with the character. Like that's the big thing why I actually liked it is you really start to like care for Joe Young. Whereas in like King Kong you do, but like the whole basis of like that stuff is like he has this like connection with some random lady and you're like oh it's like humanizes him but in joe young like he's his own character and you're like you kind of you feel for him in a different way i don't know man it's wicked i think you should watch it i think everybody should watch it well i think what people are really wondering though is this bill murray elephant movie that was larger that was larger than life uh, ah. from 96 and Operation Dumbo Drop which is from 1995 which is fitting that we're talking about it because it's a, it is set during the Vietnam War ah. and, uh, well there you go produced by Disney uh, yeah, well yeah yeah my grandparents owned both of those movies and I watched them both of course so there you go man Says, but yeah yeah best King Kong movies Mighty Joe Young mm-hmm. Um, I guess for my other like non-con movie, I'll just throw it real quick. Is Mighty Peking Man uh, mm-hmm. from old 1976? It was uh, Shaw Brothers' attempt to cash in on the promise of that those Kong bucks coming from uh, Dino De Laurentiis in America. So they made their own uh, uh, cheapo uh, Chinese knockoff Kong Hong Kong Kung Hong Kong Fui. Not even yeah. It, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this movie. It's it's sure. ridic- it's ridiculous. Um, it's like fine to watch. Um, God, how does the plot go? Oh, I think it's like Chinese guys are going to uh, like India, like where they they've heard there's like a giant ape to go capture, and they go okay, and they go 
traverse landscape to go do so. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they drive and go get him, and they show up, and sure enough, yep, there's a giant uh, gargantuan, mighty Peking man, gorilla man, um, mm-hmm. who just like hangs out and lives in the city or in this village kind of acts up every once in a while, but turns out that he's been uh, raising this like beautiful uh, blonde woman whose uh, plane crashed when she was a child. Her parents were dead. And so Mighty Peking Mm -hmm. Man has been raising her this whole time. And so we get to see um, this Chinese man fulfill his... uh, his wishes of like being with a beautiful blonde white woman. (laughs) Um, And then uh, of course they, she uh, kind of gets tricked by a Carl Denham like promoter to bring mighty Peking man back to Hong Kong to promote things and make money off of him. And Peking Mm -hmm. man turns. It's just, it's exactly, I mean, it's super cheap. Like it's like bottom of the barrel. Uh, I think the one, the one thing I still remember about it is uh, of course the, the beautiful buxom blonde, she gets bit by a snake in her like inner thigh. So of course we get a scene where like the guy gets to suck poison out from her wound. Um, Yeah. So that movie's real class. Um, then the rest of the movies I was looking at, I'm like, I don't want, really want to watch any of these things. These Kong movies are barely good enough on their own, so right. I don't want to put more time into it than I have to. Well, I'm glad <sighs> I didn't watch it then. Yep, that's fine. I mean, you, I don't know. Yes, it's skippable. We uh, did enough. Yes, we did enough. But hey, uh, I don't want to leave people off without uh, talking about who hates King Kong 1933. Mm, chumps. Chumps. Uh Comic Monkey, com or co- sorry, co- Cosmic Monkey. Oh, one star. It's unbelievably racist and misogynist. The acting no. is wooden. The screams grating. The fight scenes repetitive. The special effects hilariously dated. The camera mm. work stale, and the story boring and nonsensical. Why build a wall with a giant gorilla-sized gate in it? Why not just build a wall with tiny human-sized gates in it so Kong can't smash his way through? How did Kong know exactly which building Anne was in, but not which room? Will Denim be charged with criminal negligence? I don't think giant gorilla rampages covered on most insurance policies, so who's going to pay for all the repairs? If this film wasn't so technologically groundbreaking and influential, it would be forgotten as just another terrible Z-rate fantasy film, maybe only mm-hmm. remembered for once being featured on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Uh, that guy's got some sort of personal gripe with this. I bet he's like an animator and like can't do stuff as good. Yeah. Um, nobody Sour has grapes. ever, yeah, nobody has ever said the effects were bad. And when you like yeah. start picking apart a movie, it's like, why do this when you could do that? That's mm-hmm. like Monday morning quarterback and man, don't, don't pull <laughs> that shit. That's stupid. That's uh, dumb. Nora gave this one and a half stars. Racist depictions of every non-white character. Check ideology that non-western cultures are primitive and uncivilized check lots in lots of misogyny check actual words from the love scene of the movie i love you why jack you hate women the score is worth 1.5 stars everything else is pretty much garbage or Mm. sorry the score is worth 1.5 stars also how the fuck did they build a raft so quickly to bring kong back to new york like he was just asleep the whole time you can't just skip something like this that seems so complicated and just be like oh yeah carl denham built these carbon steel whatever chains and now king kong is in new york i guess the wonders of technology i hate this movie i hate this lady 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, I think it's totally good. Uh, works in this movie to skip that scene. But um, you, people, it seems like the big thing is like misogyny, racism. Mm. But hey, do you know what people are like in 1933? They were, they were misogynistic big, big, and big, racist. Big time racists. Well, so that's yeah, just we, how it was. The one thing I mean, like, there's the reading we could throw out there of like the the Kong thing, where it's like, oh, it's a story about like white guys that come to a uh, island yeah. and they bring like the big black uh, man to in chains to be mm-hmm. exhibited and it's like oh yeah but it's like i don't but i mean he's super sympathetic i don't th- i think it's yeah. like there's like definitely that reading there but i don't think it's like in this like really bad way i think in some ways right. they, they would have probably been somewhere in their back of their mind going yeah i think that's what we're doing so i don't know the idea that's like and it's like yeah i mean the the the, the savages as you've uh, called them i mean yeah that was kind of like 1933 filmmaking people should check out tarzan it's got kind of the same stuff going yep. on but I mean, it's pulpy action stuff of the time, and mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing your disservice if you like make if you think that that should withhold these movies from being kind of entertaining at the same time. Yep. Um, at least I can. I'm privileged, though, RJ. Yes, you are. Yep. All that Arby's you um, eat has uh, made you a white privileged male. That's right. Uh, one more one and a half star review here. Yes, I recognize the historical importance of this film, but I can't say that I enjoyed it. Random notes. Again, I realize this was made during a vastly different era, but there are a few cringy moments that skew towards the racist side of things. A mm. lot more people die in this than I remember, and, fairy, and fairly graphically, kind of a stark contrast to the modern blockbuster where mass destruction is commonplace, but scenes depicting actual loss of life are nearly invisible. Kong sounds like he's got some in- indigestion going on. Um, that's all dumb. Trash. That's all dumb to say all that stuff because... Mm. Uh, yeah, you know what movies, today's mass blockbusters that don't show death are missing? Showing death. Because then what, what's the point? It's toothless. It's dumb. Garbage. These people are dumb, Jared. Yep. Thickos. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Um, well, uh, I'm tired. Um, me too. Yep. So after the break, uh, RJ is going to carry me up up the side of the building and die horribly. <laughs> Just like every week, man. Because, as they say, beauty killed the beast. Uh, I'm going to get my uh, Andrea the bedroom eyes. 
while uh, a giant gorilla looks through the window upstairs. But will a like fully formed RJ walk out of her vagina? I'd be pretty disappointed if it didn't. Well, if you can register your disappointment, folks, by emailing mm-hmm. us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. We're very lonely. Let us know your favorite Kong movie. Yes. Maybe. And, yeah, uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan, and he's Barnloaf. You can register all that amazing uh, inactivity from both of us of late. Ah, yes. Uh, We're on that SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all that good stuff. You should rate us. Leave Mm -hmm. us reviews. That would be very nice. Uh, next week, uh, we're getting back on track and mm-hmm. we're dancing our way to our next feature, RJ, because we are Ooh. watching Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger's The Red Shoes from 1948. You're going to find all out about ballet, buddy. Sounds super boring and I don't care. Well, uh, you've broken Martin Scorsese's heart. Fuck him. Good night, folks. Good night. I guess. Oh.